Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle, and joining me once again is Adam. Say hello, Adam. Greetings, everyone. I am here to talk about wonderful things. <laughs> and that is, sounds just as forced as I hope my whole, my whole conversation does. Adam is here to use words. Lots of words. Many, many, many words. Um... All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and apologize in advance if at any point we seem tired. We just got back from Conjuration. Like, just pulled into the driveway, like, all right, let's go ahead and get this thing recorded. So at times we might start trailing off and just be like, well, uh, what? What happened? Things. And so, yeah. You know, isn't it worth it to have just that fresh perspective? You know, a little brain dead, but I can say, yes, I just saw like 800 wizards this morning. <laughs> And feel, one elf in the elevator. I, <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a movie. The elf in the elevator. <laughs> the elf in the elevator, yes. Yeah. It, that's probably going to be something terrifying. I was going to say, is that a horror movie or is that like a kid's movie? I. It could be both. Yeah. yeah. It could be like a kid's horror movie or like from the kid's perspective, it's, oh, this fun magical elf yes. from anyone who is not that kid's perspective. Mm. What's that creepy little elf doing in the elevator? See, I was thinking it was like... The elf on the shelf, he just became wealthy, and now he moved to the elevator. Oh, the elf so, on know. the shelf is absolutely horror. Well, there you go. And now he's got mobility. So, yeah. you, so well, look out, kids. He's moving to the elevator, and he's going to haunt you. The elf on the shelf is essentially Tiny Krampus. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, I am actually less scared by Krampus. <laughs> That's well, you should. <laughs> There's only one Krampus. There's many elves that sit on shelves plotting your demise. And, like, all reporting back to Santa. <laughs> yes. Like, it is very... It is very weird, and... Yeah. It's like the holiday version of the Illuminati. You know, they're always watching, and they're just waiting for you to do something that troubles and stirs the waters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's when little Timmy disappears. Yeah, I don't understand how, like, they got as much as they did. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. don't understand how it got the following. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about conjuration and wizards and fun elves, not creepy elves. No. Like, house elves. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of wizards. Um, <laughs> a lot of wizard rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That was, that was such an interesting aspect this year to have. I don't know. I don't, maybe they did it last year and I missed it, but to have like a block of Wizard Rock and to hear the wildly different uh, stylings that they had. <laughs> a lot of lot of interesting stuff. So there's like uh, Irish punk rock mm-hmm. and like uh, folk mm-hmm. singer songwriter and and like electronic hip hop. Yeah, and like like Nintendo, but inject a little bit of like uh you know fuel into it and sure. then distort the speakers and then you have the guy who sings about shark parties so that's something which just sounds awesome yeah <laughs> well the title sounds awesome yes <laughs> okay yeah i should <laughs> i should just stop there i don't want to accumulate any any hidden there- enemies well, not everyone's style is for everyone. And I think that's part of why they have so many styles yes. is yeah, if like the tool electronic hip hop mm-hmm. spoken word thing isn't your thing, mm. there were lots of other ones. Oh yeah. So, huge variety. Yeah, yeah, there was an acoustic duo, there was a guy or there are two guys, one playing uh, guitar, like classical guitar and saxophone. 
And then you have people jumping, singing hip hop to the to the sorted Nintendo electronica in your face blast. Then you have the the soulful stylings of a single artist on an acoustic. It was a wide variety of wizardy goodness. Yeah, and uh, they have had that previous years, but I don't know if they've had a block of it. Like, I think that they've had more of um, just, like, different acts spaced out. Mm. So this might have been the first year that it was more of, let's try to, like, condense it and have yeah. just an ongoing music, which I liked. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was it was great to have that. I sat in probably three of them. Um, I came in on Saturday, so I didn't get the Friday night block that they had, but I hear that that was really, really interesting. But then they kind of car- carried on and continued... And there was a definitely a dedicated following, like people knew the words and, and it was just, it was wonderful to see, you know, obviously I'm not really into wizard rock as a, like, that's not what I listen to on my daily commute, but, um, but it, it's great that that appeals to so many people. And then here you have like, you know, mini Woodstock, uh, wizard stock rock. Well, yeah. And like, th- like there were some people that were singing along to the songs and like, they knew them, yeah. not just like, Oh yeah, I think I've heard that one. Yeah, but, like knew the words, all yeah. of the words. Yeah, which you know that's that's awesome. I mm-hmm. I love the fact that uh, indie artists are mm-hmm. getting yeah getting fans. And while I was there, I got a Wizard Rock sampler, so they I have it in my Bandcamp now, so I can listen to the latest Wizard Rock of 2017. Super excited! <laughs> I'm, I might check that out tomorrow. That'll be fun. <laughs> you should check that out every day. I should. <laughs> I should. Uh, yeah. So there was Wizard Rock, a, l- a lot of musical acts. Mm-hmm. Like you would be hard pressed to find. Uh, any block throughout the entire weekend that didn't have music going on at yeah. some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you had during the uh, the the Yule Ball. Yeah, it was like that twenties mm-hmm. uh, sort of gangster style. Yeah, you know, like old school gangster, not like you yeah. Know, oh yeah, thug. yeah. Like you know, like classic gangster. But then you hear right the pinstripes and the yeah. flappers and yeah. So you know, you hear like they they covered Zutu right, which was great. One of my favorite covers, though, that I did not expect was George Michael's Careless Whisper, done in <laughs> 1920s style. That was amazing. Like, it was it was, it was, was something to behold. Yeah, and it was, uh, was piano and drums and like guitar a, and bass, I think. Yeah. And then, and then um, like, a three, there, you had a trombone, maybe two or three trumpets. Saxophone, maybe? Maybe a saxophone, yeah. I think one of the trumpeteers, is that, is that the word? Sure. Trumpeters, they would swap out other instruments. Um, the and horn then, players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing that I liked about that, I mean, first of all, you had, you had the music, and that was great. And that went along with theme, even if they were playing modern covers. Like, even the Destiny's Child, Bills, 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 was 1920s <laughs> themed, which was, again, something else. But then you had the people walking around, like, selling candied cigars and, and cigarettes. And while I know candy cigarettes have, like, been frowned upon in modern culture, the fact that you could have such a theme down to the candy and the things you could do, and they had, like, the little trays that were over their necks that they were carrying around selling, it was just... It felt really authentic, and whoever went to this and planned for it, like, they dressed appropriately. I mean, you had, like, pieces that looked very good to the period piece, and it was just it was just this amazing, wizardy experience of walking in. I, I, I was floored by the level of detail they put into it. Yeah, and I think that uh, the main reason they were doing that was to try to go with the uh, Fantastic Beasts mm, in yeah. terms of, you know, like, going a little bit earlier. but Because, uh, yeah, one of the guys there was dressed like Newt. Scamander. I always yeah. mispronounce that dude's yeah, last name, I don't but know. the the title character, yeah. not title, but Scamander the main character from uh, yeah from Fantastic Beasts. So there were a few people dressed like him, um, but yeah, really really fun costumes and like people like genuinely having a fun time from yeah. little kids like mm-hmm. I would say probably six yeah all the way up to you know like. Mm-hmm. 
probably 60-ish, maybe a little bit older. Yeah. But yeah, like everyone in between. It wasn't just a bunch of nerds in their 30s. Yeah. And not everybody was dancing. And this is what... Like, uh, I never went to a high school dance, but this is what I imagined, like, middle and high school dance would be, because you had the people who were out there dancing, and then you had chairs all along the wall filled with other wizardy and, <laughs> and witcher witch things of people who clearly did not have any interest in dancing. Looked kind of disgruntled, looked kind of like they wanted to participate, but also kind of like they wanted to sit there and drink their alcohol. So, you know, you had, you had just this huge mixture all sitting in this room, this magical 1920s room, and it was... I was, it was an experience. This was more fun than any high school dance that I ever went to. <laughs> well, that's good to know. First off, live band always yes. makes it better. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, and secondly, like, people were just enjoying it and having fun mm-hmm. rather than, like, the, I want to ask this girl to dance, but she'll say no. So I've got, like, there's yeah. just people having fun. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah, lots, lots of really great stuff. Uh, so a lot of music. Lots of music. There was the other end of that, some fighting. (laughs) Some intentional fighting. Yes, intentional. Not people like being jerks and getting into fights. Not that we saw anyway, but yes. I would be really surprised. Yeah. This is the fourth year that we've been. Yeah. And they're they're so nice. And it really does seem like a family-friendly event. And I know some some people want to go, they want to get into more of an adult scene and that sort of thing. But the great thing about this, and we talked about this a lot last year, was just the, the idea that really... Okay, there is a couple of things for adults. Like, they have the, the I don't know, what is it? It's not, I can't remember the name, but it's like Syntastic yes, Burlesque the or something. Burlesque. I don't last think it's Syntastic, but it's oh, some, no, Sin I, something. I think that it is. It's Sin something. I don't remember what last it is. Last year but. they did, uh, this is the second year that they had Burlesque. Okay. And, oh, I forget the theme last year. I think the theme last year was Synchantment. Synchantment, yeah. See, yes. even better. Not syntastic. <laughs> Although that's that's an adequate name as well, I'm sure. I did not go to the the Synchantment burlesque, but I'm but the point is that there is stuff there, but there's also some great stuff for kids. Like you can take younger members who like Harry Potter and they can blend in and they can have a great time. You know, there was nothing adult themed about the thing last night. Well, candy cigarettes, but again, they're candy. So and it yeah. went with a the theme. Well, like there's nothing there's nothing about the con that's like vulgar, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to worry about walking down the hall and just hearing, you know, someone yeah. going into a nerd rage and just swearing up mm-hmm. and down because they don't have the right colored dice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. There there was nothing even though it's very family friendly and aside from some of the adult stuff like kids can go to everything it doesn't mm-hmm. feel juvenile no it does not at all so it doesn't feel like a kids con that mm-hmm. parents show up to like yeah. it really does feel like just just everyone yeah. um and and there's just so much to do i mean mm-hmm. like last year they did nerd yoga mm-hmm. which our wives went to yes yes um i don't know if they had that one on the schedule this year but they did have the the master crochet class yeah for, like a cosplay yeah. crochet yeah. um yeah, Jess went to that. She yeah. said that she had a lot of fun. I uh, got to talk to the crochet lady. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, even in that room, like, mm-hmm. there was, uh, there were men, there were women, there were little kids. There yeah. was someone, I think, in, like, her 60s. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's just, just such a great con. And true to the way uh, that I feel like J.K. Rowling would like her Harry Potter world to go, one, it's open to everyone, but then they're also trying to do things. So you have, you know, a couple of people who are there for nonprofit and then 
um, like such as Hogwarts Warning Club and uh, Transfiguring Adoption. But then you also have like they were doing a food drive, and as you give food, you tell them what house you represent in in the Potter world, and then they give you house points and they tally that up over the course of the of the weekend. And so you have they are trying to put all of this like lore and love into something that actually propels and extends beyond the Marriott walls. Which yeah. um, so it, it's just. It's it's very much like this is not just an event you go to. This is an event that you become absorbed in, and this is something that, as it has enriched the lives of the people, they want to enrich the lives of others. And I think that that's very different from other cons that you might go to. So um, yeah, so that was the one thing that really impressed me is how much they are trying to actually do good. Yeah, well, and like there's just so much to do. I mean, yeah, there's. I, I love the fact that they uh, are trying to do good. And um, we've talked to the Transfiguring Adoption and Hogwarts Running Club before. Mm. They are great guys. Oh, yeah. Guys yeah. and girls. Like, just great people. Mm. A lot of fun to talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely anyone out there listening, definitely uh, check them out on Facebook and just their websites because they they do a lot of good. And, I mean, Hogwarts Running Club gets people to exercise. They and do. the Transfiguring Adoption, uh, like we bought some of the owls, mm-hmm. the little owl stickers last yeah. year, in part to, you know, support them sure. what little we can, but yeah. also just fun little owl stickers. Yeah. And, and they do a lot of good to actually try to get kids placed in foster homes and get them adopted and... They have a genuine love for what they do. It's mm. not just kind of like, all right, I guess we'll do this. Like yeah. it seems like, it seems like even if they were scraping by, just not even bringing in a single cent each month, I mm. think they would still do it. Yeah, just because it seems like they genuinely care about getting these yeah. kids placed, which is uh, wonderful. And they found a way to link their passion with with the series, with their passion for the outside, and so it's really great. You have all kinds of things like that. So. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, and and again, like, there's just so much to do. I mean, like, the oh, last yeah. four years, we've run into this problem mm-hmm. of, like, we're there to, to cover it and to do photos and video and podcasts and all this other stuff, but it's just like, I want to do the things. Like, I want to go here, and I want to listen to this, and I want to see the cosplay mm-hmm. contest, which are always great costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's just so much yeah. to actually do. Yeah. As opposed to other cons where it's like, what is there to do? Well, there's the vendor room. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pay like 40 bucks to meet this famous person. Mm-hmm. And by meet, you know, like look at them for two seconds. Yeah. Say one word to them and have them sign your paper. Yeah. yeah. Or and whatever. So I, I, I love the fact that at Conjuration, like there's actually stuff to do. So you yeah. go and like enjoy the weekend mm-hmm. rather than just go and watch other people do things. Yeah. And you know, I am a completist. So for me, it, it's almost like there's so much to do that it feels overwhelming. So you really do want to plan what you're going to do. And because we're doing video, I don't really have the luxury to sit in one thing for any long period of time anyway. But like, even if you, you had that luxury, there's so much of interest, especially for all the worlds. I mean, and it's not just Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I mean, there was, they have a room called the Dark Tower. They were doing an introduction to the Wheel of Time. Uh, there's obviously some Who stuff. So it, it usually extends. have Buffy, yeah. um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, like they were sorting Marvel villains into Hogwarts houses, having a panel <laughs> on that. and so Which was yeah. a really, really interesting discussion to hear them talking about why Harlequin would be in the house that they think that she mm. would be in. Yeah. Because just because someone's a villain, it doesn't mean that they should be in Slytherin. Yes. And so, like, it was a really, really interesting conversation. Yeah. And 
just because Poison Ivy wears green, it does mm. not mean that she is in Slytherin. Yes. And so, yeah, just like hearing people that know the stuff, like, mm. it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, it's like psychoanalyzing, you know, random villains. I shouldn't say random, well known villains. Psychoanalyzing <laughs> them to place them in a whole nother universe. And, and again, I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing, but. The universe is really rich, right. and J.K. Rowling has done a great job of fostering this. When when I talked with the Hogwarts Running Club last year, they mentioned how um, not only are they aware of it, but the J.K. Rowling has mentioned that um, you should go to them if you're interested in getting involved with with Harry Potter and charity. So wow. they they are aware of it, and they've actually been referenced in that. I don't know if it's been like in an official way, but unofficially, it has been mentioned, and that, that word got to Brian, who uh, is the headmaster there, and so. So it's it's a big deal, and it's something that is endorsed. And I think that that's why the fandom is so rich and why it continues to just go. It's not just it's a great series. It's that the creator sanctions and likes that the fans are able to do that. And that's just going to feel a bigger fan community. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like that one song uh, that Lauren Fairweather sings, It's Real For Us. Yes. You know, like, that's probably one of her most well-known songs. Mm. Definitely one of the ones that most of the people were singing along to. Mm. But... Yeah, like, regardless of what it is that you love about Hogwarts, like, it's real for the people who love it. Mm -hmm. And Conjuration does such a great job of actually making some of that stuff real. Yeah. Um, I know that they did last year. I don't think they did this year, but, like, they hid a sock somewhere. (laughs) So, like, you had to find it and give it to a house elf. Oh, that's (laughs) wonderful. It was so... They just do so much thematic stuff. And, uh, yeah... Oh, the fighting. We mentioned that, but then quickly yeah. straight. <laughs> so Random so there were people uh, not LARPing, but doing like the full, like wearing a helmet and shield and hitting each other with, I don't know if it was wooden sticks mm. or PVC pipe, Yeah, but like they were sword fighting it. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun to watch mm. and you had to be careful or else they would hit you because they're wearing a helmet and they do not have peripheral vision. Yeah, that's... Yes, I saw the spear throwing, knife throwing, and uh, hatchet throwing uh, thing yesterday, and so that was uh, it was really interesting to hear them give pointers on you know you want to throw like this, you don't want to throw like this, and how you can throw a spear incorrectly and it can actually fly backwards, so make sure you stand clear of it. So you know, I mean, like, <laughs> and these are real weapons, so it's uh, right. it's it's just it's crazy. Like anything that you can think of that is fantasy based, there's something that would appeal to you, which. So it's not just Potter, but Potter is kind of the world that houses all of this fandom that you can go. Most people like Harry Potter, but you might be interested in something else. Well, there it is. It's there for you. Yeah. They uh, they had Quidditch, mm-hmm. uh, which is always fun. They, they had uh, Wizard Chess, too. Did they do Wizard Chess again They did this year? do Wizard Chess, okay. yes. I'm still not exactly sure how that works, because I've only caught the tail end of it every year, but it... it as far as I know, somebody's up there with a wand pointing, and then somebody might be a pawn, and they go to C3 or whatever the, the wizard hexagonal <laughs> distinction is. But uh, Anytime I hear C3, I instantly follow it with PO. Uh, I just, I of course. can't not. Of course. They, um, I, I mean, we could list everything, but mm. that would take many, many, yes. many hours to go through and list all of the things. So we digress. We digress. I feel like there was... Uh, oh, they had, like, the dancing classes. Yes. Like, the 17th century. Yeah. 
um, Scottish like something. Medieval, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was fun to watch too. And of course, they had the tap dancing troupe. They were back again. I think it's noise compliant. So they were telling a story of Sailor Moon meeting her true love and another thing. And then yeah, they telling they stories a, through tap. Yeah, they have a tap dance off. It's it's really interesting to watch that. Yeah, there there really is so much to do. Like I feel like we need to wait you know, ten months to put this episode yeah. out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that people are like. What should I do in a couple of months? This. You should do Conjuration. Yes. It, it is the fourth year that we've been. It's the fourth, fourth year that they've done it. And after going to the same thing for four years in a row, mm-hmm. you would think that you would start being like, all right, I've seen that. I've done that. Meh. Like, again, we literally just got back. Yeah. And I'm already excited for next year we spent yeah. most of the time driving back talking mm-hmm. about okay so for next year yeah. here's going to be some of our plan here's how we can so i don't know to me that says a lot yeah that... like the anticipation builds for more of this and this is yeah. from somebody who doesn't go to cons so if you are the type that likes to go to cons you plan for it you pay for it you go and if you have any interest in fantasy whatsoever the the magical world of harry potter or lord of the rings or whatever and you like to go to cons like this is phenomenal to go to and one thing that should be mentioned is they are actually moving locations next year and they are going to get an extra 13,000 square feet Was i'm it not sure 13,000 or 1300 13,000 and i'm not sure what that's going to look like as far as if every room's going to be bigger or if there's going to be more rooms but um, but this thing is, and this is really great because the the one I I don't want to say it's bad, but the hallways have always been kind of narrow, trying to get from room to room. So you know you feel a little claustrophobic when you're going from place to place. But if this is a little wider, a little more open, uh, one thing that we talked about is it would be great if they had like a gathering place, a room that doesn't necessarily have something in it, but you can just go hang out, and meet other people of of various um, you know fandom that you like. That would make this just so much better, but it's already significant and great to go to. So this would just be, I feel like it's going in a very good direction and it's continuing to go that way. Yeah. And Chris and Angela, like they are such wonderful people and like they built this because they love Harry Potter and they wanted to do something to give people a chance to actually do things. Uh, I was talking to Angela today and like, I'm so glad that you have things to do. And she's like, yep, it is an experience not uh, just a spectator. Yeah. And so I'm like, thank you so much for understanding mm. people want to go to a con to do something and actually like interact with people yeah. and, and talk to them. So Chris, Angela, y'all do a wonderful job. Definitely keep it up. So speaking of talking to people, um, one of the things that we did while we were there is we talked to people and asked them stupid fantasy questions. Cause that's what I like to do. Cause that's fun. And uh Yeah. So, we we sort of mentioned it, kind of, maybe. The vendor room. So many great vendors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're just all great people. Like, I got some uh, some coasters uh, from Christina Banning. She does great coasters and uh, did some special order ones with the gargoyle on it. Of course. Right. I gotta have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have more coasters from her than I have possible seating in the apartment. <laughs> that is also true, yes. So, <laughs> so if every seat in the house is occupied, I still have too many coasters. So everybody in the entire apartment can have two drinks. Yes. Yes. A water and a coffee. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, three coffees. <laughs> yeah. Or three waters, if you're, you know, that kind of person. So, 
No, three coffees. Three coffees. Well, there yeah. you go. Yes. Uh, there was um, there was the creature curation, uh, Brian Collin, and um, he creates these weird little creatures that just him and his kid have started designing because he wanted to build this world with his son. Yeah. And really, really fascinating yeah. creatures. It was hard to walk by there and not just stare at all of the intricate art he's done. It it all looked familiar, but all looked so unique. And they were framed in this like wooden thing as if, you know, somebody who was proud of the deer they had killed, you know, put it on the wooden plaque on their wall. Well, this might have, you know, a two-headed dragon that is on this plaque that you could mount on your wall. It was really phenomenal. Yeah, like uh, something that looked kind of like a mix between a chihuahua and an antelope, (laughs) (laughs) which it was just, it was so adorable. Like, I I wanted it so much, but just a little outside my price range. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were big. Like, they were a good, oh yeah, like, actual size of the head of an antelope. Yeah. Like, it would be that, I mean, it would, it, I can't say life-size, because obviously they're figments of your imagination, but... Well, he did say he tries to make the characters, or the, uh, like, the bust that he made, mm-hmm. um, as life-size as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there were a few that I'm like, I kind of picture those one being a little bit bigger. Like, there mm-hmm. was one, kind of looked like a mix between a boar and an alligator, mm-hmm. with a horn, and what looked like Oogie Boogie on top uh-huh. of its head. Uh-huh, yeah. Um... That one looked like it should have been a little bit bigger. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. I I paid special attention to the insectoid that looked kind of like a fire ant, but had some random tentacles and other things. And I don't know, like some sort of crown or something. It was it was very ornate. Yeah. Seeing a bug that life size. Yeah. Like its pincers were the size of my hands. And yeah. Just, uh, but yeah, he was a lot of fun to talk to. Great creatures. Um, talked to the guys at County Argyle again. They're always so much fun to talk to. They uh, they take vintage uh, silver and cutlery and turn that into jewelry. Mm-hmm. So like they have one that is uh, like a vintage um, silver fork, and they turn the entire fork into what looks like a flame. <sighs> so like it's a ring that like the spindles of the fork are crawling up your hand. Uh, saw a few people wearing that. Like really really nice stuff. Yeah. Super nice guys. Uh, they're based out of Florida, and so driving all the way up to Atlanta, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely worth it because well, oh, yeah. they get to meet fun people. Yeah. Just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of great stuff. Uh, let's see. Who else do I talk to? I talked to um, April from Talk Nerdy to Me, which she had a lot of really fun um, nerdy mm-hmm. wares and, and whatnot. Um, but her card is... Her business card is drawn by J.R. Mounts, who does Fried Pickle Noir, mm. and just a really, really great guy. And and I love her little, little oh, card. Yeah. It's got her so many all... different universes just <laughs> colliding right there, <laughs> and and very Calvin and Hobbes esque. Yes. Um. Yeah. So so many great people. Uh. Also talked to Sakura Sisters. Um. She had a. One of the things that really stood out was a little crocheted hedgewig, which was just adorable. She had a lot more than just that, but that was the one that really stood out. Um, author A.R. Cook, who was a fantasy and historical fiction author, um, writing about... I can't even remember all of it, because there were a lot of yeah, different pieces of, of mythology. Yeah, and that's the one thing, too. Uh, if you go there, there are several authors there all the time who are, some are more established, some are more aspiring, 
And they offer all kinds of things that would be appealing to there's some like YA, there's also some more of the adult stuff, and then some of them have both on the same table. And so it's really cool to see that too, to see how many people are contributing and continuing to build into this type of world that, that are just there that you can meet, talk to, great people, and they'll be, they'll tell you all about it, they'll tell you how they got the ideas, you know, you can really have a chance to understand the author and where they come from and how they create. Yeah, and I mean, like you just said, so many different varieties. Like, uh, like with Eric Cook, like she was writing multiple pieces of mythology all within the same world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, kind of like real world where there's all these different pieces of mythology, yeah. mm-hmm. but as if they were real. Yeah. So you have like a real life sphinx and, you know, like the god of the underworld and just like all of this mm-hmm. interesting stuff that it's going to take some work to like actually bring those things together to where they make sense. Uh, and then also talk to uh, Stephanie Osborne, and she does interstellar uh, women of mystery. No, sorry, she is the interstellar woman of mystery, but she does a lot of like science fiction, uh, intergalactic type mm-hmm. of stuff, and so just so much variety. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to talk to, but we just didn't have a chance to talk to uh, Jonathan French because his book, The Great Bastards, just got picked up. When I say just, like within the last few months, not yeah. immediately. Um, so yeah, like he's been an independent author. Mm-hmm. He's doing the Autumn's Fall Saga. Yeah. But his his one off with the Great Bastards, like it was picked up by a major publishing company, yeah. and yeah, so happy for him. His cover is epic. If you you just need to look him up and look at that cover of of that book, like it's just that that says all you need to know right there. Well, and it is like it is an epic book. Yes. Like I, none of his books are small. Mm. They are all dense, long books, but they're good like um he it doesn't take long to get into the action mm-hmm. you know both the autumn's fall saga as well as great bastards like first page and you're like i want to know everything that happens to this character yeah and it he just does an incredible job i am not surprised at all that that he got picked up so jonathan kudos to you so happy wish we would have had a chance to ask you stupid fantasy questions because <laughs> Because I like stupid fantasy questions. Uh, so yeah, talk to all these people. Talk to a lot more, but just never enough time to talk to everyone that we want to. Never. Um, so I had six questions that I asked them. What is the best possible mixture of animals for a mythical creature? And not like what mythical creature already exists and what components made it up, but if you were to create one, what would it be? Mm-hmm. What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Oh, man. <laughs> there were some interesting ones for that one. Um, taking it not necessarily just in Harry Potter, but what would your wand be made of? Mm. So, again, doesn't just have to be uh, Harry Potter lore. It can be whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's in the middle of the Tootsie Pop of your wand? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would have been a great way to phrase it. <laughs> yes. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. Um, the question that I asked last year, but it, it was one that you especially loved, mm-hmm. and it got some really good responses. Yeah, that's good. Would you rather do one spell perfectly, but that's it, like only be able to do just the one spell, mm-hmm. can't ever do any other spells, but you yeah. can do it perfectly every single time, uh-huh. or you can do as many spells as you want, but with just wildly varying results, and you can't get better. So it's not like, well, I'll work on this one, and eventually, mm-hmm. no, like yeah. they will always be just a complete crapshoot on yeah. whether or not it'll turn out. 
So you'll always be like Neville in potions. You will you will never advance beyond that point. Right. Yeah. And like Neville in potions is more consistent. Yes. Than what you would be with uh, with this. Oh gosh. Uh, so the animals, the two magic ones. Oh, what quest would you want to go on? Mm. Uh, any quest from literature or cinema, but it's like an already established quest. So mm. not a. I want to go with Bilbo on the TARDIS. Like mm. you can't make up your own quest. Yes. It's just which of these. Would you want to be a part of? I see. So it's more than just what fantasy world would you want to be a part of? Because, like, I'd love to live in Middle Earth. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would want to go on any of those quests. No, no, I'm pretty sure I would not. <laughs> I, I saw what happened to great warriors on some of the Middle Earth quests, and I would I'm not, not a great warrior. No. I no. would be at best a hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. Now, are there are there boundaries for this 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 one question? I know I feel like I always try to like understand the parameters for sure. questions, which is totally not the point. But like, <laughs> if you wanted to go with Harry Potter, like and and doing the wand thing, going to Diagon Alley, would that count as a quest? And then would you be like going with him, or would it like you'd be taking his place and doing that also? You would be going with. Okay. So you wouldn't be Harry. You would be you. Okay. On that quest. Just going to Diagon Alley and getting the wand, I don't think is questy enough. So there isn't enough peril involved, is what you're saying? That's that's more of just an errand. Ah. Oh, yeah. That's you know, true. So, that's true. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Like, you don't say, I'm gonna go on a quest yeah. to go buy your groceries. That's true. But maybe you should. Maybe. <laughs> You know, I had a to-do list where it was done in quest form. Every time I'd strike off one, i get experience points and I can buy my character new armor. You know there's an app for that. Yeah. Oh, that's what I have. Yeah, yes. That is... Yeah, so, so I can I can remind myself to take my medicine at night and get a sweet helmet after I've done it for 10 days. It's pretty epic. Not medicine. Potions. Potions. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. What, what quest from literature or cinema? And then finally... While you're on that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? Mm. Oh, gosh. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be, like, full-on evil. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it doesn't mean that you're turning into a ring wraith, mm-hmm. but would you rather be, like, just one of the orcs mm-hmm. and be able to live or uh, or one of the good elves and die? <sighs> yeah. Choices. Yeah. So those are the questions that I asked. Um and we're going to play all the interviews that, that we talked to. I think that I talked to nine or ten people. Um, so enjoy that. Uh, listen to all those. And we will be back once you've listened to all of that. My name's Brian Cullen, and I'm a creature curator. I make weird fantasy beasts from my world, Revelo. And what, what is Revlo? You said you're a world. Do you, like, own your own planet? What's, what's going on with that? Sure. About eight years ago, I decided I wanted to create a world that my son and I could build together because he was about to be born. So I took his middle name, Oliver, and flipped it, uh, and that is Revelo. So right now it's just a continent that has a – I've created about 50 species that live there. He's added some of the species, and I'm working on the Pantheon of Gods as well because in January I will be kickstarting my first art book that breaks down the regions of the world with the characters and species that I've created so far. Awesome. Yeah, and looking around at the stuff that you have, because it's a lot of, like, uh, busts of creatures and magnets. These look fantastic. I love them. I think they look great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I try to make them as lifelike as possible because I want it to feel like 
these could really exist in another world. And where do you get your inspiration for them? Well, I started playing D&D in fourth grade, and I'm an old man now. So huh. that, plus I watched a lot of uh, Henson films. I read a lot of comic books. All of that combined uh, just really made me the nerdy kid that I am today. Sure, sure. Uh, all right, well, that leads perfectly into the first question. Uh, what do you think is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? So what real animals... Real animals. No. Real animals. No. Yeah, because you're combining. So, you know, like you have a lizard and a uh, bird for a dragon. Sure, but can you, like, supersize parts of them? Oh, yeah. Like, it can be whatever proportions. You know, like a griffin. Right. Like, it's not proportionate. The, the bird head is not proportionate to the rest of the body. Okay. For me, I would, like, when I think mythical creature, the first thing that comes to mind is what's terrifying. So, it's going to have to have spider legs on it because, yeah, it's just kind of creepy, especially if they're way bigger than I am, like something gigantic. Um, and then let's see, what else could we have? I'd want it to have like the, probably the body of a lion just to feel that kind of strength and power. And then huh, what sort of head should it have? It should have, it should definitely have a beak of some sort just to really be able to pinch and break bones. So let's, let's give it a weird like octopus head with like the beak coming out from inside of it and then let's why not go ahead and give it a scorpion tail because who doesn't like to get hit with a bit of poison <laughs> fantastic so uh those spider legs are they like daddy long legs or uh yeah, they what gotta be thick and beefy and maybe even have some sort of weird like spikes at the end to really stab into you for for some of that piercing damage Sounds terrifying, and I look forward to seeing it. Uh, all right, so related, but a much worse question. What is the worst combination of animals for a mythical creature? The weird, worst combination? Hmm, a seahorse and a butterfly. <laughs> so would that be aquatic or uh, uh, airborne? Both. <laughs> it, it, it would be amphibious, and yeah. Yeah, I think that would work. So why is that terrible? Why is that the worst combination? Because it sounds pretty magical to me. It does sound magical, but it sounds a little too cutesy. I want it to be I want it to be whimsical, but a little bit creepy at the same time. When it gets too cute, then I feel too like uh like four year old cartoonish. And I have a three year old at home, so I know I know my way around the four year old cartoonish. Right. So speaking of cute and terrifying, uh, a friend does a lot of the uh, like similar monster um, molding creation pottery stuff uh, called cute Thulus. And they're adorable little Cthulhu's, but like eating a heart and it's it, yeah, they're adorable. That sounds awesome. I need to check it out. All right. So uh, switching gears a little bit. What would your wand be made of? What would my wand be made of? Hmm. Let's see. It would be made from the hair of a reaper, which is not something from the Potterverse, but it would be from my own universe because they are the first creatures that traveled my land after the gods went into hibernation. So it would have to be that because that's ancient to me and that's the oldest of, of my magics. Right on. I can dig it. Um, all right. What about this? Which would you rather only be able to do one spell, but you do it perfectly every single time or you can do as many spells as you want? but just wildly varying results. Like, you can't do anything perfectly. I, I'd much rather not be able to do anything perfectly because all of my creatures, I do a handful that I make silicone molds of and cast them out of resin, but I get so bored with trying to paint the same piece over and over again. I'd much rather have unique and varying degrees of insanity. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it is surprising how many people pick that one. It's fun, but still surprising. Um, all right, what about this? 
what quest, either from literature or cinema, would you want to go on? Hmm. Which quest? Like, do you want to take the ring back to Mordor? Do you want to go searching for Horcruxes? Right. Sorry, I'm trying to think. There's so many awesome ones that you could go on. Right. Um, I'd probably want to go with the Goonies. Okay. <laughs> I'd want to save the community. Sure. It's, a, it's not quite as epic and adventurous as some of the more uh, fantasy-driven ones, but it seems a little closer to being able to, to save a community. I think that would be good. I, I still think it's fantasy. I mean, they have pirates and a giant squid, and uh, yeah, that works. Why not? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, which would you rather do? Perish on the side of good or survive on the side of evil? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're having to be a martyr, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you are, like, straight up joining the side of evil. But, you know, would you rather uh, be Porkins dying on the way to the Death Star or uh, one of the Death Star people being like, oh, okay, well, I'm surviving, but I'm working for the dark side? Yeah, I'd probably have to go with the perishing. I, that, that, yeah, that sounds more like me. How come? I just, I couldn't just, I couldn't, I just couldn't be truly evil. I, I could be, I could be may, maybe lawful evil, but not 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 pure evil. Yeah, that works. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you so much for talking. And where can people find find your wares online and whatnot? CreatureCuration.com. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Artemis Fox. I run Sakura Sisters. We basically make handcraft geek themed tchotchkes that you won't see anywhere else. Sounds fantastic. And a lot of these are a lot of fun. I especially love the... Uh, are those knitted or crocheted uh, hedgewigs? Those are crocheted. And they take about four-ish hours, depending on if it's the only thing I'm focusing on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're adorable, and I love them. Uh, all right, so I have a few questions for you. Are you ready for them? Sure. Okay, first one. What do you think is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? Ooh, best combination. I would have to say the body of a dragon, the wings of an eagle, the talons of a bear, and the head of a griffin. Why? The body of a dragon, you get the lizard, so you, you, know, you get the really powerful musculature, the scales that are impenetrable, stuff like that. With the wings of an eagle, you get longer flight capability. With the talons of a bear, well, it's a bear. <laughs> I don't want to get clawed by one, do you? Not especially. Um, the head of a griffin, griffins are supposed to be really intelligent. So you get the intelligence to go with all of that extra power. Okay, so you've got some grace, strength, and beauty. Like it. Exactly. Uh, all right, what is the worst combination of animals for a mythical creature? We have to look no further than the unicorn. Unicorns are wonderful, right? Unicorns are adorable, but when it comes to self-defense, they're just about useless. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've got that one long horn that sticks out of their face, but they're so gentle, they don't use it. Yeah, but they're gentle and wonderful and, you know, delicious. I would agree with the delicious part. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so I see here that you have a lot of uh, certainly very interesting wands. So what would your wand be made of? My wand would probably be made of you, dragon heart string, and I have to decorate them. I can't do anything plain with it, so it would have to probably have some sort of gemstone on it, probably garnet. 
I can dig it. <laughs> All right. So, keeping with the uh, the magic and uh, magic abilities, would you rather be able to only do one spell, but be able to do it perfectly, or you can do as many spells as you want, but with just wildly varying results? So, maybe you summon a cup of coffee, maybe you summon a dragon. I'd rather have all the wild variation in spells. Jack of all trades, master of one, better than master of none. Yeah, but like you might blow up the world is how bad they could turn out. Given the state of the world right now, I'm okay with this. <laughs> a, a lot of people are going with that one, and I think that that might be why. That's, that might explain a lot of what's happening. All right, what quest, either from literature or cinema, but like an actual quest, not something you're making up, what quest would you want to be a part of? I would have to go with the Lord of the Rings quest to destroy the One Ring. Either that or the quest to get to Gondor, because those were two separate quests. Sure. In all reality, they were two separate quests. So why those? Why uh, why going with the Lord of the Rings? Epic adventure, magical fantasy, gorgeous guys, <laughs> giant eagles, and a definitive way to fix the problem. <laughs> Very true. I like it. All right. One last question. On that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? You know, I'm all about survival, so I'd have to go with survival on the side of evil because evil can be redeemed later. True. But when you're dead, that's it. You're dead. It's kind of final. (laughs) Yeah, but you died good, so that's, that's a good thing, right? Good and evil are subjective. Just ask the Germans when World War II was going on. They thought they were on the right side. That's true. That is very true. So, in all honesty, since good and evil are subjective, somebody else could say I'm being evil, but from my perspective, I'm probably trying to do the right thing. It just wasn't the right thing because I didn't have both sides of the story. Right, right. Yeah, it's never as easy as it seems. Never, 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 never. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And you have a lot of very wonderful wares. Where can people find your wares? You can find them on Store Envy if you look under Sakura Sisters at StoreEnvy.com. Can you spell that? S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y.com. Dash. The other one. <laughs> I was getting to that. Okay. <laughs> Backslash S-A-K-U-R-A dash S-I-S T-E-R-S Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. My pen name is A.R. Cook. My full name is Allison Rieger Cook. I'm a young adult fantasy and historical fiction author. Uh, And tell me a little bit about some of these books. You were telling me before I hit record uh, and they sound really interesting. Well, my main series is the Scholar and the Sphinx series. And I liken it to as if Rick Reardon's Percy Jackson series took place in the Victorian era. Because it is about a young man, and he teams up with a Grecian sphinx. They have to stop Nyx, the night goddess, from... What she's doing is she's cursing all the creatures in the mythological world, trying to steal their talents and their most precious traits. Nobody's sure why she's doing that. So they have to team up with various allies, and they meet various enemies along the way in their quest to find out why she's doing this. And what was your inspiration for it? Well, honestly, the first book was about 15 years in the making because it started off as something else entirely. It was more of a straight-up medieval fantasy. 
Uh, but throughout my life, I've taken courses on mythology. I just love fantasy books. I love all the creatures from just different cultures all over the world and started incorporating that more into my writing. So it wasn't just make-believe, just pull whatever out of my head. I really wanted to tie in things from the real world because, I mean, mythology is part of culture and it shapes who we are and what we fear, what we believe in. So I wanted to tie that in. Well, with some of your love for uh, mythology and fantastical creatures, hopefully you'll uh, like some of these questions. So the first one is... What is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? And not like what mythical creature already exists, but if you were to take the best parts of animals to form your own mythical creature, what what would that be? Oh my goodness, because I'm about to say, you know, there's so many that already exist that you look at the combinations and go, where did they get that from? Like if you look, especially if you look at Inuit mythology, they have something called Aklut, which is an orca whale and a wolf put together. Fantastic. Which, yes, if I hadn't known that already existed, that probably would have been what I would have nominated. <laughs> it's so cool. But, you know, I just love, love things with wings, things with talons, things that can spit ice or fire or magic. I mean, that's why I love sphinxes so much is because they are a combination of all the coolest things <laughs> that are out there with a little bit of humanity thrown in. So that is, that is a hard question about what, what I could possibly come up with. Although, actually, as a kid, I did do that. I once drew a fox seal horse, which is probably the weirdest thing I've ever come up with. You said a fox seal and a horse? Fox seal horse. So it had horse mane, fox body, seal flippers. I don't know how it got around. (laughs) In the water, I hope, because if not, that's just kind of cruel. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like if you've ever heard of a cartoon called The Wuzzles, which is back in the 80s. It was a Disney cartoon, and they had a seal moose on that show. So he had to live in the water, but he had these 80-pound antlers that he had to drag around with him everywhere. I thought that was the cruelest cartoon character ever created. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, All right, what about this? What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Well, in terms of writing fantasy, just anything that's slow and sluggish and doesn't put up a fight, because then, like I said, if it's just sitting there, if you if it doesn't present a challenge, then what's the point? I mean, we so I said something like a worm or a slug that just kind of sits there would probably be very uninteresting. Although such things do exist, and I just I'm not amused by those particular types of creatures. So, so you absolutely hate Job of the Hut, then. So much potential wasted, let's put it that way. Not nearly as terrifying as you think in A New Hope, right? Like you hear, oh, Jabba's looking for you, Jabba's looking for you. Get to Empire, he's a giant slug? Exactly. It's more like, be wary of all the people Jabba's sending out after you. But no, I mean, all we need is to get a chain and choke him to death. I mean, that's not very scary to me, so so no. All right, uh, what about this? What would your wand be made of? Oh, my goodness, because I certainly have taken the quizzes to find out. Um, And it doesn't have to be Harry Potter. It can be just anything. So, for example, my wand, definitely made of coffee root. Oh, I like that. Well, I actually do have a wand at home. I think it's made from a sassafras tree. And I I don't know why I like that so much. I just like the one. And apparently it stands for having good health and good fortune. So that's my wand. Okay. Uh, If you could do, you get to pick only one, either only do one spell but be able to do it perfectly every single time or you can do as many spells as you want but with just wildly varying results so you can't get better at them they are always going to be inconsistent and uh, chaotic 
Oh my goodness. Um, well, unfortunately, because I tend to be a perfectionist, I probably would go with the former just so I don't embarrass myself more than I already do on a regular basis. <laughs> sure, sure. And if you pick the right spell, then you don't need other ones. Yeah, just pick the money-producing spell. <laughs> You're set. Fair enough. Uh, all right. If you could go on any quest from literature or cinema, what quest would you go on? Ooh, and I know someone was actually asking me a similar question the other day about what fantasy world I would like to visit. And I am partial to Narnia. It's one that I grew up with. They used to read that to the first grade class as a group. So it's kind of one of my first fantasy worlds I'd been um, exposed to. Um, Definitely not Game of Thrones (laughs) world. I wouldn't last more than five minutes there, I don't think. Sure. Um, But there's a lot. There's a lot of quests to go on. And, of course, I've always endeared myself to books like The Hobbit and, um, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, especially those kind of unique quests where you're not necessarily going out to find something. It's like you already have the object. You have to figure out what to do with it. And I think that's almost more complicated than the going out to find something because you have. It's like, oh, God, what do we do with it now? (laughs) Right. It's a lot more relatable. Uh, All right. So last question. On that quest... Would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? Wow. Um, Well, I play Pathfinder, so this sometimes comes up pretty frequently, depending on what campaign you run. Um, No, I mean, I just, even when I try to be evil characters, I will go into a game with the intent of being evil, but I end up being good, and I can't make evil decisions, even against fictional characters. So probably I would perish on the side of good. No, I Fair enough. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Um, where can people find find your books and where can they find things that they need to find out about you? Well, I do have a website. It's scholarandsphinx.wix.com slash arcook. That's my main site. But you can also find the Scholar and the Sphinx books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And typically, if you just type Scholar Sphinx into your Google browser, it'll pop up the book pretty quickly. Easy way to find it. All right. Uh, again, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. I am April from Talk Nerdy to Me, and I make... Lots of awesome geeky sewn bags, custom bags, and keychains. And a lot of really great keychains. Especially like the uh, the It and Stranger Things ones you got going on there. Those are pretty fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, do you have a favorite of all the ones that you have? Of my keychains? Uh, my glow-in-the-dark Kopi keychain. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so I have a few questions for you. All right. First one is, what do you think is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? Not what mythical creature already exists, but if you were to create one, what would be that best combination of animals? Uh, see, now you're proving that my imagination is not as imaginative as I thought it was. <laughs> um, hmm. That's, thanks for that. That's that's a really good question that I have no idea what the answer is. Um, well, there's no right or wrong <laughs> answer, but if you were to create your own mythical creature, what parts would you want to uh, to have on there? I mean, I think a Pegasus that was more like a dragon, but then maybe um, throw in some Demigorgon. It's like 
mix a bunch of already existing mythical creatures together <laughs> instead of using real life animals. <laughs> sure. That sounds terrifying, but sure. I can dig it. Nightmares are made of. <laughs> so true. All right. What about this one then? What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Have you ever seen Resident Evil? Which one are you talking about? I'll probably be like, oh, yeah, sure, that thing. I mean, you can go from, like, the very first one where they had, like, the dogs that, like, split in half. Right, yeah. So it was like a dog and a demigorgon. Right. Terrifying. And kind of made me afraid of my dogs. Uh Uh-huh. Just a little. (laughs) Like, you don't want to piss your dog off. It might turn around and, like, try to eat you. Yeah, that that sounds gross. It was horrifying. I love dogs, and it made me a little afraid for a while. Sure, sure. Yeah, that'll happen. Horror movies make you scared of things. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, All right. Um, Okay, what about this? And keep in mind that this does not have to be, like, specifically Harry Potter universe. But what would your wand be made of? So, for example, mine has coffee root in it. Mine would probably be glitter and thread and some sort of, um, uh, yeah, glitter and thread, probably. And it's sad, too, because glitter is like the herpes of the craft world. I hate glitter more than anything in the world, but it's shiny. And it would be unmistakable. It's great. (laughs) But, um, no, there'd probably be, like, you know, some, like, some salt in there, because I can be a little salty. Sure. And, and you know. I, I like it. Glitter and salt sounds horrifying, <laughs> but I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, okay, so would you rather only be able to ever do one spell, but you can do it perfectly every single time, or you can do as many spells as you want, but with just wildly varying results? So you can't get better. None of them are ever going to be perfect. It's always going to be a crapshoot. So one perfect or all mer. I feel like this would would end like a a genie. Like, you know, the genie will grant you whatever wish you want, but he's going to f*** it up. Right. So I'm going to go with the one. Uh, Don't ask me what it would be because... Oh, no. People have no idea what it would be. I leave that question out because then, like, why'd you ask that? (laughs) Yeah. I would do the one, but I have no idea what I would pick. So I'm a very indecisive person. That works for me. Uh, okay. What quest, either in literature or cinema, would you most want to be a part of? Is it bad that I would want to try to kill Pennywise? No. That counts. That's a quest. I mean, that looks like fun. Yeah. A little. Maybe, maybe, I, I, I think I messed up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it sounds terrifying, but yeah, if you can succeed, that would be great. I mean, I blame it on my 90s childhood, so... Sure, sure. All right, last question. On that quest, would you rather um, survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm, I'm good with living. <laughs> Somebody's got to die, but it ain't got to be me. Right. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you have to be, like, evil, evil. It just means, like, yeah, you helped build the Death Star. Stepped over to the dark side a little bit. Pushed Han off a bridge. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) 
I'm still a little heartbroken. <laughs> I cried. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think he's really gone. I don't either. Spoilers. We know who is gone though. So sad. We get her one more movie though. Maybe more if they uh, do as good of a job with that CGI. I disagree. All right, so <laughs> where can people find your wares if they're not here at Conjuration? Um, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group that I do most of my custom orders out of. It's uh, www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash talk nerdy to me fans. So awesome thank you so much thank you and any final thoughts about magic or fantasy or horror or you know whatever it's all awesome and i can't pick a favorite so i'm all over the place we're in my who now and i'll be in my star wars later I am Bill Gridley, and I'm one of the owners at County Argyle, and we make jewelry out of old forks, knives, old silver, and then we also have a really huge collection of unusual vintage and estate jewelry from like the Victorian era all the way through the modern era. And it is fantastic stuff. I especially love the um, the fork that you've turned into an octopus. I always yeah. enjoy that one. We get a lot of sea forms out of the stuff we do, so the octopus just kind of happens naturally. We do the little bonefish. So it, the fun for us is looking at a fork and seeing what else could it be. Is there an elephant in there? Is there a bonefish in there? Is there a squid? And then just seeing what we come up with. So basically seeing how much you can fork it up? Uh, no. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a, a lot of silverware and a lot of free time. You end up with your own business. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite piece? And I realize that is an extremely loaded question because you have a lot of stuff here. But... Um, Yes, a favorite piece. You know, I don't want to offend any of the pieces that I don't choose, <laughs> but I do love what we call our flame rings. And they're an entire dinner fork, the head of a dinner fork wrapped and turned into a ring that kind of crawls up the finger. And that has always been one of our most popular pieces and one of the things that we just love making. Well, they, they look great. I love them a lot. Uh, all right, so I have some questions not necessarily related to the things that you do. What do you think is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? And not what mythical creature already exists, but if you were to create your own, what bits and pieces would you take from animals? Wow. Um, I didn't realize we were getting it quite so philosophical so quickly. Uh, that's deep. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind would be, I like the cat and the dog combination because it creates that whole tension and I'd love to see the animal just kind of go at itself. Sure. So cat and dog would work. Cat and dog would work. Um, other than that, pretty much slapping wings on anything makes it awesome. You know, horse plus wings, awesome. Alligator plus wings, awesome. Right. So any, pick anything, slap wings on it, I'm down for it. I was about to make a joke about a fish, but like, no, they're a flying fish. fish. That is a thing that exists. Yeah, evolution <laughs> is way ahead of you on that one. So nice try, though. All right. What about this? What is the worst combination of animals for a mythical creature? Oh, God. Anything in snake. Anything in snake or anything in spider. So let's say snake spider or a snider or a spake. <laughs> um, that would be my ultimate nope. Just no. Mm, no. So snake and spider, definitely. 
So just because of how terrifying they are? Oh, God, yeah. And just the way they both move. I mean, I hate the way snakes move. I hate the way spiders move. If you put them together, it's got to be worse. If you put them together, don't you just have a centipede? Oh, my God, you do. Um, well, I won't be sleeping for a week. Thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Thank you. The stuff of my nightmares is real. That was just awesome. Yeah. Especially in the South where you have, like, the centipedes with the great big giant legs. It's the one, it's the one with the giant legs. It's the one with, like, the knives, the guns. I'm, yeah, I'm, they want my wallet. I'm fine. It's yours. Just go the hell away. Yeah. All right. Um, now, this question doesn't have to take place just inside of Harry Potter universe. Okay. okay. What would you or Wanda be made of? Sadly, bacon. And <laughs> let's just say I would go through a lot of wands because me and bacon go way back. Well, if it was a bacon wand, you could just like create endless bacon. amounts of bacon, right? Oh my god, yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, it's intoxicating. Uh, yeah, we discussed earlier, my, my, my Patronus would be a side of bacon. Sure. So, you know, <laughs> make, make of that what you will. So, All right, so keeping with the magic vein, which would you rather be able to do only one spell, but you can do it perfectly every single time, or you can do whatever spell you want, um, but none of them are ever going to be perfect and wildly varying results. So maybe you try to summon a plate of bacon, but instead, like, you blow up Hawaii. You know, as long as I don't get centipedes, I'm cool. Uh, but what we do now with the silver and stuff is because we like to do something different every week. So this week we're making silverware jewelry. Next week we're doing something else. Next week I'm going to be an astronaut, maybe a farmer or a cowboy. So I'd like to do anything. Sure. And just do it wrong for a while, and then I'll go do something else. So I like the second one better. Doing one thing perfect forever would be boring. Fair enough. Uh, summoning centipedes is always going to be one of those possibilities. Well, the best thing then, if, I, if I'm that bad at it, I'm just going to set out to summon a centipede. <laughs> and then I will definitely get something else because I really suck at magic. So uh, you just got to game the system. You are the only person who has given that kind of answer of just, well, if I'm that bad go for not what I want and I might actually get it. I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you very much. I told you, once again, you gotta game the system, so. Alright, so um, what quest in any literature, cinema, what quest would you want to be a part of? Well, I saw Vision Quest when I was in high school, but that had a lot of dancing in it, so that's not really my thing. You know, I'm not much of a quest kind of guy. Oh, Galaxy Quest. I would love to be in Galaxy <laughs> Quest. I would be awesome at repeating what the computer says. I would be so down on that. Yes, okay, I totally changed my... Totally Galaxy Quest. Yes. The computer I, said Galaxy Quest, so... I love Galaxy Quest. One of my favorite movies. Thank you. That, that, good to, that, that came from the people who know me best. So, um, yes, it turns out I would love to be part of Galaxy Quest. All right, so, last question. As you are on that quest... Yes. Would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? Oh, my God. Survive on the side of evil. Um, history is written by the winners. So if I stay with the evil long enough and we win, we probably become the good side because we won. I'm starting to get a little concerned at how many people have said, yeah, I just want to live. So sign me up for the dark side. It's, it's Oh, scary. The, you know, the dark side can be very uh, intoxicating, and I'm all about living, so more living means more bacon, so I'm, I'm down with that. But more bacon does not mean more living. 
there's a price to pay for everything, and there's certain <laughs> prices I'm willing to pay. That's one of them. Fair enough. All right. Um, again, you have just wonderful jewelry, wonderful uh, pieces of art. Where can people find your wares when they don't show up to cons? Easiest place to find us, we've got two shops. We have a vintage shop in Orlando called The Lovely. And then in Tampa, we're part of an Oddities Curiosities shop called Dysfunctional Grace. So if you're looking for odd medical equipment, taxidermy, giraffe, um, whatever you want, we've got it. And then if not, check most of the Highland Scottish festivals in the area. We're usually around somewhere. We're the, I'd say we're the guys in the kilts, but at the Scottish festivals, we're one of the 30,000 guys in kilts. Narrow down a little bit. There you go. Uh, and what, what's your website? I forget if you mentioned that earlier or not. www.countyargyle.com. Thank you so much. Any final words about fantasy or, you know, stupid questions or bacon? Any final any final thoughts about bacon? Man, you stole my thunder. I was like, this has been awful fun. Now you've got me hungry because I've been thinking about bacon for 10 minutes. So I'm on a quest to go get some bacon. So thank you. I'm Brian from Draco and the Malfoys, and we sing songs about Harry Potter from Draco's perspective. That is awesome. Such great songs. Uh, what is your favorite song that you sing currently? Um, well, right now, I would say that my favorite one, we just came out with a brand new song called Afraid of the Woods. So it's about, um, so it's about the incident in Draco's first year where he gets detention and has to go in the Forbidden Forest with Harry. And um, so, you know, our point about it is that basically, you know, to go to Hogsmeade, which is a wizarding village with lots of adult supervision. There's adult witches and wizards everywhere. There are professors. There are your peers. It's supervised. But you can't go there unless you're in your third year and you have a permission slip. But if you're in your first year, you can get assigned detention investigating the murder of a unicorn in the Forbidden Forest with no supervision except for the big guy who's not even supposed to do magic anymore and his dog. Uh to investigate, you know, the murder of a unicorn, probably killed by Lord Voldemort. <laughs> you know, I don't think enough people actually think about some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculously dangerous, the things that you're exposed to at the school on a regular basis, that they make such a big deal out of going to Hogsmeade. Yeah. Well, you know, drinking. Yeah, drinking. There's, yeah. there's the butterbeer, I suppose. So what is it that draws you to, uh, to looking at things from Draco's perspective? I've always loved the bad guys in everything that I've ever been a fan of. The bad guys are just so interesting to me. Um, Darth Vader was my favorite Star Wars character until I saw the Emperor. And so, I don't know, it's just always been... Uh, been and I don't know, to write from the perspective of the bad guy is way more fun. It's, you just have... Uh, a lot more opportunity for humor when you're seeing, for me anyway, it's easier for me to write humorous stuff from the bad guy's perspective. Um, because I think we're, it's natural for us to identify with the protagonist because that's whose point of view, that's from whose point of view we are reading the stories. So, um, so to, to turn it around and poke fun at it is, uh, I don't know, it just, just comes really easy. Yeah, I, I dig it. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, so you mentioned a unicorn earlier. So if you could make any mythical creature out of real animals, what would be the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? All right, this is going to take me a second. All right, I have to have something with wings because flying ability would be key. 
basically I would try to make a dragon. So I would probably an eagle's wings or a pterodactyl if they were still around. Um, we'll go with pterodactyl because they're real. Um, pterodactyl's wing. Oh, just a dinosaur, I guess. Uh, that, okay, that's cheating. Okay, we'll scrap the dinosaur thing. Otherwise, otherwise we're just like Tyrannosaurus Rex with wings, and you'd kind of have a dragon. I mean, I think that sounds great. Yeah. Sure, why not? Here we go. That's yeah. that's it. That's <laughs> T Rex. T Rex with wings. All right. What, would it still have the tiny arms? Um. Yeah, I think I think it could make do without the big arms. <laughs> it has wings. It can just swoop down, pick yeah. up what it needs. Right. It's yeah. Got the back. Those back claws are are you know not to be trifled with. Sure, sure. Uh, all right. What about this? What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? All right. Um. Worst combination. Manatee and <laughs> yeah, okay, a manatee and a stink bug. <laughs> so would it be an aquatic mana stink bug, or would it be on uh, on land? It would be amphibious. Yeah, it could do both. It could do both. It would be stinkier on land, I think, because <laughs> you can't really no sense of smell underwater. Well, sharks smell blood, so yeah. I guess it would be bad for sharks. <laughs> I think it'd be bad for everyone. Uh, all right. Now, this question doesn't have to just be in the Harry Potter universe. What would your wand be made of? A lightning rod I could hold. A, light- <laughs> a lightning bolt I could hold, rather. How? Just, like, rubber gloves? No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't need rubber gloves, because okay. it would be the wand chooses the wizard. So... It'd be like, you know how, like, um, blue dragons in Dungeons and Dragons will shoot, they can shoot blue lightning street, like, it would be like that lightning, okay. but in a, but in the size of a wand. <laughs> Very nice. Like it a lot. Uh, all right. I asked this question last year, but going to ask it again. Would you rather only be able to do one spell perfectly, but no other spells ever, or as many spells as you wanted but just wildly varying results. So maybe you try to summon up a cute little bunny, but maybe instead you kind of blow up the moon. All right, it would be. It would depend on what the spell was that I could do. I could pick. Then I would pick doing one spell really well, and I would probably pick something like flight or uh, transfiguration would be great of some kind, or telekinesis or. That's more of a superpower than a spell, but you know what I'm saying. There's an equivalent everywhere. So, um, all right. If you could go on any quest, whether it be from a literature or from cinema, what quest would you want to be a part of? It would be somewhere in Middle Earth, for sure, without question. So, it, and I don't care what quest it is. I really don't. Um, I sometimes have dreams that I'm in Middle Earth and I'm being chased by ring wraiths, hopelessly. <laughs> chased by ring wraiths and I don't care because I'm so psyched that I'm in Middle Earth that I'm like you can take me this is awesome I'm in f***ing Middle Earth so I would take any quest in Middle Earth uh, go to Erebor to, to defeat Smaug uh, I, Riders of Rohan fighting at Helm's Deep uh, I uh, ride with the Dunedain to meet Aragorn and walk the paths of the dead uh, be with Faramir out in Osgiliath, uh, taking out the Southrons and their Oliphants. Uh, 
I accompany Frodo to Mount Doom itself. Whatever, whatever. Just give me a quest in, in Middle Earth, and I'll take it. Well, just get that stink bug manatee, and uh, the ring wraith will leave you alone, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be ring wraith repellent. Yeah, they do. They do do a lot of snuffling when they're searching. They don't have a very good eyesight, so that would probably repel them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, although they might like it. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Uh, all right. So, last question: As you are on that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil? or perish on the side of good? Survive on the side of evil. Why? Just about every single person is like, well, I'm, I want to live. Screw any sense of like taking care of anything else. Evil, fine, yeah. Well, it... it I'm simplifying things. I guess because now I've, given the, I've been given the opportunity to be in Middle-earth. Now I don't want to lose it. Okay, so you're looking more at once you're there. As long as you can keep being there, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. I can dig it. Uh, all right. So for people wanting to listen to your music or find out more about Draco and the Malfoys, where can they find more of that information? Evilwizardrock.com. Any weird spellings with that? Like, is, is rock R-O-Q? No, no. It's all it's all one word. Evilwizardrock.com. Straight up. I think that there should be a subcategory. Just call it straight up. Just evilwizardrock.com slash straight up. Okay. Yeah, that, that could be... I don't know what it could be. Like the raw files or something? Okay, I'll have something up there by the next time we talk. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it too. Maybe we'll remember that this was supposed to have happened. (laughs) I'll just go back and find what it was. Just, oh yeah, that thing. We totally remember. Our brains work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right, well, uh, thank you again for talking with me. Always a pleasure. Likewise, anytime. My name's Kelly Morris, KR, and I'm working the candy cart right now at Conjuration. Selling candies off the trolley, very traditional movie stuff. So what kind of movie stuff are you selling? Uh, we got the chocolate frogs, we got some licorice wands, we've got some birdie bots, we, we're doing some fizzy whisbies, they're really zots, but they're fizzy whisbies. And then we got we got some other, like traditional candy candies like your pop rocks and stuff like that so you got a little bit of everything for everybody all right so uh this is what your fourth year at conjuration you've been here every year right yep every year i've done something different every year (laughs) (laughs) so true all right so i have some uh fantasy and magical questions for you yeah go ahead all right first one what is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature and that's not what mythical creature already exists. But if you were to create one, what parts would you put together to form, like, the ideal mythical creature? Okay. Hmm. I would say a cat, like a traditional house cat, and a bat. Because I want a little flying around house cat. That, that would be the perfect pet. Isn't that just a bat already? Yeah, but he has his little paws. He can walk around on all fours. <laughs> So a more adorable version of a bat. Yeah, yeah. You got it. I can dig it. All right. What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? A snake and a dog. I don't like either of those. (laughs) Put them together, I'm scared to death. How do you not like dogs? I've been mauled to the point of hospitalization by dogs. (laughs) So. Well, that makes sense then. They just don't like me. It happens. All right. uh, This one. Most people think Harry Potter, but it doesn't have to be specifically within the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. What would your wand be made of? My wand would be made of hmm, elm, and it would have the core of a hippogriff whisker. 
Yep. Rip the thing out. How, how come? Unique, uniqueness. I'd be the kind that would, I would go out, get someone to, hey, make me this one. <laughs> the one's not choosing me. I'm choosing the one. You're making me this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. This is a question that I asked last year, but I've been getting some interesting responses this year. Mm-hmm. Which would you rather? One spell perfectly. Every single time you can do it perfect. Or as many spells as you want, but wildly varying results. And you can't get better at it, so it's not like you can learn to become perfect. So maybe you try to summon a cup of coffee, but instead you summon a giant snake dog. Uh, I guess the risking it with be able to perform any spell with varying results. Due to the fact that you will have good results on occasion. <laughs> Yeah, you can be perfect at one spell, but if that spell is not very useful, yeah, conjure milk. But you would get to make the spell. <laughs> okay, okay. Still, just in case, varying results. <laughs> it might Fair be enough. Some comedy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more variety that way. Uh, all right, if you could go on any quest in literature or cinema, what quest would it be? So this is like an actual quest that has taken place. Yeah. Um, it would be a tough one. Because I think I would have been a bit more smart about getting the ring to Mordor, but I also think I would have known what to do with Freddy Krueger's bones when got a hold of. So I would go. I would go searching for Freddy Krueger's bones. All right, I can dig it. Definitely dig that one. Uh, and then last question: As you are on that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? Survive on evil. Why? Every single person I've talked to, they all want to live and be evil. Evil people have more fun. I'm okay with that. <laughs> there we go. You understand it. Well, I like horror movies, so uh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, the good, the good don't always win and prosper. Look, Freddy's been around for 20, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> At least. All right. Okay. Well, Art, thank you again for talking. As always, lots of fun. Yep. Uh, thank you for asking. Any final words about conjuration or magic or fantasy? Or giant snake dogs. No to giant snake dogs ever. <laughs> and you got to come to year, uh, year five of Conjuration, our Order of the Phoenix. It's going to be insane. Britt Leverett, uh, old boss known as Britt Weasley on YouTube or the um, Huff Badger Britt on Instagram. Of course, Facebook is my real name on there, Britt Leverett. And... I have been cosplaying Hermione and a Hufflepuff free prep all weekend long. So, yeah. So, what do you think of Conjuration so far? Because you've been here every year, haven't you? Yes. Conjuration is the best weekend that you could ever go to. <laughs> um, I have the best, the best time ever. And um, I definitely recommend coming to check us, check us out and hanging out with us every weekend in November or whatever it is in the fall. And yeah, you will never, you will not be disappointed, definitely. So, what is it that keeps bringing you back? Like, what do you like most about Conjuration? Um, the people, um, the Wizard Rock, uh, just the, the real thought-provoking panels about any kind of situation, mostly specifically Harry Potter or Hermione's, which I did a panel this weekend um, on Friday about her. Um, and if you were there, I guess it definitely was a big turnout. We had a great time. Um, it's just, yeah, the main people get the people, definitely. Um, and just, I don't know, the atmosphere, the whole intimacy thing that, that 
Chris and Angel are really trying to get across here that we're all this big, huge family, and I mean, we're all families at fan, you know, at fandom conventions, but this one particular conjuration is definitely very intimate, and I love that. Love about that. Yeah, everyone that I've met is always just so much fun to talk to. I, I love seeing the people uh, every year. It's like, hey, I know you. Not really, but I've met you a few times, so it's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always fun to uh, come back and see the same people. Uh, all right, so I have a few questions for you. Okay. First one is, what do you think is the best combination of animals for a mythical creature? Not what mythical creature already exists, but if you were to create your own, what animals would make for the best possible mythical creature? Well, I'd have to say my two favorites, um, a owl and a nasal cat. So, a nasal owl cat? I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean. <laughs> combination of those two, for sure. Right on. Uh, what about this? What would be the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, and hard, actually. Um, let me see here. Hmm. Not an owl and nasal cat? <laughs> So literally anything else? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. So this question doesn't have to take place just in the Harry Potter universe, but what would your wand be made of? So for example, my wand is made out of coffee root. Much like a Patronus, maybe? Sure. Um, ginger hair like Ron's. And I'd take definitely coffee, coffee greens or beans. Well, those two things, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a very energetic wand. Um, all right. Which would you rather? Only be able to ever do one spell, but you can do it perfectly every single time. Or you can do as many spells as you want, but none of them are going to be perfect. And it is wildly varying results every time. So maybe you try to summon up a cup of coffee, and instead you blow up Jupiter. Well, I think I would pick this, the second one because... Being a cosplayer of Hermione, she wants to know everything and learn everything, and I think it'd be neat to learn how to deal a bunch of spells like her. And um, yeah, definitely the second one. Lots of spells. Okay, so might not all turn out great, but uh, variety, sure. Uh, okay, if you could go on any quest from literature or cinema, what quest would you want to be a part of? Hunt for the Core of Cruxes. That's a that's a big adventure. We go I went all over, you know, looking went into Hogwarts everywhere. So yeah, definitely hunt for the Horcruxes. And last question, while you're on that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? I'm all good, so definitely good. Even though I have to die if I have to die for for what's right and good, then I'll do that. Yeah. That's so refreshing to hear that almost every single person I've talked to has said they want to live on the side of evil because they want to live. You got to do what you got to do. You know, I'm definitely good. I'm, a, I'm on the good side for sure. All, all the way. So glad there's still good people. Uh, all right. Any last words about conjuration and or fantasy and or magic? Conjuration is the best convention ever. Come join us and Harry Potter rules. I'm Stephanie Osborne. Uh, I am the interstellar woman of mystery. Sure. Uh, I used to be a rocket scientist, for real. I used to work for NASA. Wow. Uh, and now I write science fiction mysteries, uh, often with a strong element of thriller or, or, you know, adventure, fantasy, that kind of thing. Urban fantasy, you name it. So do you bring in a lot of uh, what you did at NASA into, into your novels? 
Um, sometimes I do, um, and sometimes I don't. It, it just depends. Um, I've got one series that's uh, a Sherlock Holmes series, and that tends to have less of the NASA stuff in it. But then I've got a new series called the Division One series that's my take on the urban legend of those guys in the dark suits that run around and make the UFO evidence go away, right. you know? Uh, I use a lot in, in that one because uh, one of the characters is uh, an ex-astronaut. So there, there's a lot, of, and there's, a lot, there's space travel and stuff like that in it. So yeah, I, I tend to use a fair amount in that. That was so fascinating. Uh, all right, so I have a few questions. Um, more on the fantasy side of things. Okay. So first one, what do you think is the best possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Not what mythical creature already exists, but if you were to create one, what, uh, what would you combine? I'd start with a platypus. <laughs> That's already almost a mythical creature right there, you know. Sure. Uh, I think I'd start with a platypus and, um, and maybe add a hint of T-Rex in there. And um, let's see, we gotta have some wings. We gotta it got, it's gotta fly. So so an eagle or even a thunderbird. Um, and um, of course, the platypus actually has to be about the size of a grizzly bear. So yeah, how's that sound? Sounds fantastic. I want someone because I've been asking this question to everyone. I want some artist to go back and like render all of the ones that people have been combining. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it would too, and I know just the artist. My husband's a graphics artist. <laughs> the, the 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 books that you see, most of the covers are his art. I'll have to make sure to uh, link you to this so that you can get all the descriptions. All right, that works. That works. All right. What about this? What is the worst possible combination of animals for a mythical creature? Earthworms and bunny rabbits. What would that look like? Really disgusting. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, straying a little bit from the animals, what would your wand be made of? And it doesn't have to be like specific Harry Potter lore. For example, mine uh, is made out of coffee root. Oh, um. Well, I, when I was growing up, I grew up outside of Clarksville, Tennessee. And I always had this staff made out of hickory wood that I carried around with me whenever I went hiking in the woods. So it would probably be hickory, which of course didn't exist in in Great Britain, but hickory wood with, um, oh wow, what kind of a core? Um, Thunderbird plume. Thunderbird plume. Sounds very powerful. Uh, yeah, and it's really good for flying, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sticking with the magic, uh, which would you rather? Only ever be able to do one spell, but you can do it perfectly every single time. Or you can do as many spells as you want, but just wildly varying results. And you can't get better, so you can't learn how to be better at these spells. It's just a crapshoot every single time. That sucks. That's not a good... T- I'm a perfectionist. You, you, no, 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 that, no, no. So no, one perfect no. or all and a crapshoot. No, 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 no. All and not a crapshoot. That's not one of the options. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> so your one spell would be changing the rule spell. Bingo. <laughs> and I'd be really good at it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. If you could go on any quest from literature or cinema, what quest would you go on? Don't give me any magic rings. 
<laughs> um, so, so you're staying away from Mordor? Well, you know, you and what army kind of a thing is. Uh, um, I, that's actually probably my favorite, but it's. I just look at it and go, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, um, geez. Um, yeah, because it's not just what world you want to be in. It's yeah. you're actually on that yes, quest. Yes. Now, now I, I wouldn't mind going to the Lonely Mountain. Okay. And and helping the dwarves take back their their city, you know that probably would work. Not to mention spending lots of time at Rivendell, yeah. singing with the elves. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a good one. Uh, all right, so last question: As you are on that quest, would you rather survive on the side of evil or perish on the side of good? Perish on the side of good. How come? How come? Uh, well, I uh, one of the things that I used to do was I used to be a, a law enforcement officer for an Indian reservation. So it's it, there's there's a certain amount of paladin ingrained in me, I guess you would say. So uh, so yeah, I, I will I will stick on the good side regardless of the consequences. I like it. So many people have said survive on the side of evil. So I like hearing a little bit more people saying, Nah, I'm, I'm going to stay on good. That makes me happy. Well, you know, it, um, I just don't see the point of of surviving forever and being just a nasty, miserable creature, you know, because that's what you'd be. Right. It's it's not like you're you're the top dog, and it's not like you're ever going to be the top dog. Yeah, you would be a grunt, absolutely. Exactly. So, what is the point? Yeah. Do 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 the right thing, even if I have to die for it works for me all right any last words either about your books uh, actually wait no let me ask that a different way <clears throat> where can people find out more about your books and the things that you do all right. uh, you can find me on my website stephanie-osborne.com that's osborne without an e uh, or you can go to social media and check me out uh, facebook twitter i'm writer steph on twitter uh, i'm the interstellar woman of mystery on instagram um, or you can just go to my Amazon author page. Which is? Stephanie Osborne. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Now, any final words about fantasy or conjuration or magic or and whatever? Believe. All right. So that was all of their responses. <laughs> yeah, it was a wow. <laughs> I I think that the ones that I enjoyed the most were the uh, the mythical creatures. Yeah, yeah, there. <laughs> it's amazing to me what what your mind goes to when you're trying to combine the best and the worst, and why you think that's the best or that's the worst. Yeah, I was really surprised uh, with the worst possible combination. A lot of people went with things that they hate. So, like, one of the responses uh, for the worst possible mythical creature was the body of a snake with the legs of a spider, mm-hmm. which, I, that, isn't that just a centipede? Because, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, um, a tall centipede, Very perhaps. tall, very reptilian, yeah. Okay, it does sound terrifying. But, like, that, to me, actually sounds like a really awesome mythical creature. A <sighs> snake with tarantula legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, I, well, I guess 
awesome in that, like, awesomely not wanting to run into it in the world type of awesome, but no. not It's terrible in that if I see that in my house, I don't know that I can, like, approach it and kill it. Like, I, it would kill me. Well, like, you wouldn't want to approach a, um, a Nazgul, but they are still awesome mythical creatures. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. So. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, one of the guys said... A dog and I think a dog and a snake was was his combination <laughs> because he got bitten by dogs like a lot apparently as a kid. And again, that just raises questions like, what does that look like? And wasn't there the the bunny and the worm or something like that? Or am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An earthworm and a bunny. So, like, you know, does it does it have legs? Is it like is it just a a pink thing with? floppy ears does it have a face i mean you know real bunnies aren't pink right like that's but, just easter bunnies but it, but it, like the worm is it a pink oh, bunny okay. worm you know i'd like to think that it is mostly the body of a worm uh-huh but like furrier because mm-hmm. the bunny yeah but still slimy so it's oh. like that weird gross slimy fur but then does it have like a skin nub tail instead of a puff tail i mean with with oh. bunny with Okay, this yeah. is slowly so, becoming the worst monster to me. <laughs> so this is what that monster looks like to me. Um, no legs, so it is just mm-hmm. just earthworm uh-huh. body, mm-hmm. but with the uh, rabbit fur, mm-hmm. but still slimy. So slimy fur, which mm-hmm. is just viscous and gross. Oh god! Bunny ears, but the bunny ears do not have hair. The bunny ears are just earthworm body. Oh, does it have like the the ring on it and all that crap? Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. And then, uh, then the little bunny tail. Mm. Still, yeah. Still all gooey and gross. Yeah, that's definitely on the like worst side to me for sure. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all the possibilities. I I'm surprised no one said anything about slugs. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking like of of how I would answer that, and I definitely thought a translucent flying thing that had slug slimy you know like that sort of thing but you could see all the innards through it right that would definitely be the worst well okay so uh so yeah what would you pick <laughs> so what what would be the best combination of animals for a mythical creature for you the best combination i feel like i feel like we talked about this last time maybe we didn't no we said um what kind of mythical creature would you want to have for a pet oh you that's said right a teacup dragon. yes the teacup dragon yes and what, <laughs> which is one of my favorite I, responses i mean you know how can you just not open up the cabin and be like oh there's little flamboyant over there <laughs> yes yes oh singe the eyebrows again ha <laughs> so so any like in any movie or TV show where mm-hmm. there is some like evil creature mm-hmm. but tiny and yeah. they try to growl and it's just that little yeah so cute yeah and <laughs> I I want to talk so much about a Stranger Things season two spoiler but I don't know that I can but spoiler it involves a tiny monster yes. Because that was the yes. connection that made you think of it. So yes, there is. Yes, there is a spoiler. So there, so there is definitely a uh, cute thing that is not going to grow up to be so cute. But you know, <laughs> we're still talking. You know, early season three, episode three, four. So you know, it's it's not like ruining the show. But yeah, well, and we're not giving any sort of context on what or how or where. Yeah. So so it's kind of a spoiler in right. that there's a small thing. Right. Yes. So there you right. go. So there's so, small things in, in Stranger Things. So your best combination. What animals would you 
you know, um, Dr. Moreau mm-hmm. together to yeah. create a mythical creature. So I still think that mine would probably be more on the mammal side of things, but obviously mammal side of things that can fly because that's just makes everything better. So I'm thinking like a dog that doesn't shed because obviously I have a house and I don't <laughs> like hair everywhere. And I'm also kind of allergic to dogs. So, you know, like hypoallergenic dog that has, you know, furry dragon-like wings, but it can also, like, grip things like a monkey. So it can, you know, hang upside down. It's got the, the hands and the feet that can grab things. So essentially Falcor from uh, <laughs> NeverEnding Story? Yes, but not the wiener dog. You know, okay. standard dog. So, <laughs> but yes. So non-wiener dog Falcor is, is very close to what I'm envisioning. Okay. Yeah. So that, that would be, you know, how can you just not love it? How, how big would it be? Oh, gosh. Well, it would need to be it would need to be small enough to where you could keep it in the house because I wouldn't want him to fly away because obviously there's no fence that you can possibly hold you know the flying rover in. Right. So you know I'm thinking maybe you know the size of like a, a, a mini type of schnauzer that would be good. Obviously I like I like the, the the teacup dogs as well. That would be cute, but right. that wouldn't be a dog then. That would be a, a an ornament that <laughs> occasionally moves. So yes, so that that's it. Yes, so somewhere in in the twenty to thirty pound range. Right on, right yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first response, probably not like the best mythical creature, mm-hmm. but just the most, I'll say, emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would be a Jack Russell because mm-hmm. I love Jack Russell, and you know my dog was a Jack Russell uh, with like bat-like wings, so mm-hmm. still mammalian wings, yeah. but be able to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, probably be able to breathe fire. Okay, <laughs> even though that's not a real characteristic of real animals. Uh huh. Sure. Um, and gills, gills, because, you know, if I'm going to have a mythical pet dog, then why not let it be able to go wherever it wants? Will it be? Okay. Air, Airland or sea. I was going to say, is that like an old stage of evolution to where it's evolving out, but the gills are still present kind of thing? No, like a, it can be wherever it wants. Okay. It can breathe underwater. It can be flying. It mm-hmm. can just run around. So it's an omni-geographical mammal dragon yes. dog that breathes fire. Yes. Very nice. Does it My- shed? Um, well, it's a Jack Russell, so yes. yes. Mm. However, since it's a mythical creature, then all of those sheddings uh, you just put inside of a wand. Ah, mm. does this creature have a name? Is this a, is this a species? Um, awesome. <laughs> the species of awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, yes, that would probably be like the most you know emotional and cute. Sure. But in terms of just straight up awesome, um, oh geez, um, these are hard questions. <clears throat> it would definitely the base would be an octopus, just in terms of intelligence mm-hmm. and tentacles and camouflage ability. Um, so definitely base octopus. Ah, what else? I want it to be able to fly because why not? If you're going to have a mythical creature, why yeah. not go ahead and let it fly? Well, there's something about something that can haunt you from the air that you can't do anything about. Yeah, uh-huh. obviously. Especially what something that can camouflage. Mm-hmm. So a flying camouflaged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, let's see. Jaw. I was about to say crocodile, but mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that would really work. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe like a wolf. Mm. So like the, more like the head of a wolf. Yeah. But still mushy and can go okay. into small spaces like an octopus. 
Interesting. The body of... Hmm. What sort of body does it need? It needs... For something that I cannot think of. Mm. The body of... We'll go with spider, because apparently people hate spiders. <laughs> I know I do. Yes. So, so an octopus, spider, or wolf dragon. That sounds great. And this is most awesome or most terrible? Oh, no, that's still, like, awesome, but that would be, like, just this thing okay. is going to kill you in all sorts of ways. So, um, yes. No, go ahead. No, so I was going to say, so what would be the worst possible combination? So, obviously, the worst possible combination for me... And this is not, like, terribly awesome. This is, like, worse. Like, somebody who can create life just decided to be very malicious and grant this character. Okay, so imagine this. A chicken. Right. Really big chicken. Right. You know, like, size of an ostrich. Right. So, you know, if you can think of that. But So you mean an ostrich? No. No. <laughs> Completely see-through. So you see, like, the organs, but the body... And it, it like when it molts, it like molts off slug clear like Ooh. like feathers, uh. and can spit out sticky venom like the like the Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park, right? And you know it obviously can't run that fast, but does it really need to when it can stick you with its venomous thing and molt on you with its slug like clear feathers? See, that still sounds awesome to me. Disgusting. <laughs> It sounds disgusting, but it sounds awesome. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sweet dreams, kids. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so my worst, just because it doesn't sound awesome, it doesn't sound terrifying, mm -hmm. it just sounds pointless and disgusting, mm -hmm. um, a mix between a hairless chihuahua and um, a, uh, a hagfish. Okay. The thing that quote eel skin wallets are made out of, uh -huh. just the it looks like just a giant wad of snot. Okay. Yeah. Oh. A mix between that and a shaved chihuahua. Okay. So like a magic carp chihuahua. Just a slimy, gross, disgusting, annoying, yippy, neurotic, smelly. Like nothing about it sounds awesome. Yeah. Or even terrifying. No. No, it just sounds useless. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll grant you that. Because your size of an ostrich, that at least, like, if I saw that, I would poop myself and run away. That's right. I can see it chasing you now. <laughs> and just, uh, just spewing crap at you. <laughs> I could have been really malicious and given it spider legs, I suppose. Maybe it can have, like, the little spider pinchers up by the beak. Yeah. You know, so it still has that little, uh, that fearful thing. But again, that still sounds awesome. Yeah. Just a tiny little chihuahua. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Goo on me? Yeah. Gross. Yeah, just kick it. Ew. Just kick it and be done with it. Ew. Sounds mm, pointless. Very nice, yes. Uh, all right. Wand. What would your wand be made of? And again, doesn't just have to be Harry Potter lore. Mm -hmm. So like mine, um, it's definitely going to be made out of coffee root. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some Jack Russell hair, fur, whiskers, whatever. Part of a Jack Russell in its mm -hmm. core. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead and throw some more coffee in the core as well. Okay. Because I'm addicted to coffee. Uh-huh. Um, eh, yeah. <sighs> that is a hard question. 
because there's so many things that you're like, well, the end result, I guess, doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be wrapped in that. See, I would probably go more mythological, like, you know, elvish hair. Sure. Not horse hair, you know, not not unicorn hair, but like elvish hair, just because, you know, elves are the best thing ever. Right. But, you know, then there's the other part that's like, well, maybe it would need to be more like stretchy. You know, like when I was growing up, I had Stretch Armstrong. Sure. I would love if my wand and the core had the consistency to where the wand could just like stretch really far, but then snap back into place. I don't know what that is. I guess that's like silicon well, and rubber. Yeah, so like then you wouldn't have to worry about your yeah. wand breaking. Exactly. And it losing just, all of your power. Yes. So stretchy elf hair with an exterior that could stretch out like stretch Armstrong. Sure. There's a lot of stretch in that word. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, and I am sure that my wand would have other things in it. Uh-huh. But just like, yeah, coffee and Jack Russell, that, that would definitely be part of it. Yes. But it would have to be blue. Blue? Wand, yeah. I don't want it to look like flesh tone. Oh right, You're, yeah, that would be disgusting. Yes, so I would. They, well, I'm gonna because leave it there, there are certain stores that sell wands yes. like that. That's where I was afraid <laughs> you were gonna go. Yes, so we do not need we do not need the yeah. Okay, moving on from that. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, right. So we we talked about this last year, but has your answer changed any? One spell perfectly every time. Mm. Or all the spells, but it's a crapshoot. Do I pick the spell? You get to pick whatever spell you can do perfectly. Mm. I still think that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Right. So it would be great, especially if I had like a spell that was actually effective, not like, you know, uh, levitate things to me or whatever, if I could actually do something with it. I would rather know if I get into a situation where I need it, I can count on it. Even if it's just one. Right now, I don't have any, so one is still better than none. <laughs> but if you give me, like, anything I can possibly conjure, and then I have less than Neville accuracy in it, I just don't <laughs> think... Like, I might blow myself up in trying to defuse the situation. I just don't want to take that kind of risk. So, my favorite response mm-hmm. uh, was the one of, go for uh, go for all the spells, but just... Cast the spell that you don't want to cast, because then you actually increase the chances of getting what you want. Okay. So, like, if you're going to try to conjure up a plate of bacon, uh-huh. then if you try to conjure a plate of bacon, you're probably not gonna, because wildly varying results. Mm-hmm. But if you try to do just about anything else, hey, there's pretty good chances you might get bacon out of it. <laughs> I don't know if I follow that logic, but I'll give you that. <laughs> Can you so, keep casting the same spell until you get the desired result? Oh, you sure? You can do it as many times as oh, you want. I guess that's true, yes. Um, and then I would just find one of my friends that chose the one spell perfectly mm-hmm. and hope that the spell... Well, not hope. I would find a friend who who chose the one spell perfectly mm-hmm. of like a spell of protection. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, hey, go ahead and cast that spell on me so that none of the spells that I do actually kill me or the people that I love. And it's like, okay, boom, I do it perfectly, so psh, obviously it's right. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit yes. and go for the fun variety, but just find someone with a life protection spell and get them to And hopefully to me. hopefully the spell doesn't backfire and kill them. No, they do their spell perfectly. But on themselves too? 
they do their spell perfectly. Yes. So they can do a spell of just like, all right, all the people you know and love, boom, okay. they're not going to die. So from their spell can work on all different kinds of people. Okay. Right. All right. right. Yeah. yeah. That's so, fair. So I'm cheating a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully one of your friends picks that. I'm not like, you know, I want to just be all powerful Oz or whatever. Or maybe I would just keep casting a spell of <laughs> like trying to summon a person that that is their perfect spell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just as soon as I've summoned them, just great. And you have some things to clean up. <laughs> so, so what quest? What quest would you want to go on? Because last year I did ask what fantasy world would you want to be a part of? Mm-hmm. And that one, like, oh man, there's so, so many. Uh, I, I think I would probably go with Doctor Who on that mm-hmm. one because that's a cheat of you can go literally anywhere. Yeah. You can go to Middle Earth and the TARDIS. Yeah. But yeah, specifically, what quest? Mm, I'm myself, right? Like, I don't you have are, special properties or yeah, right. abilities. You are yourself. Oh, yeah. I don't trust myself to survive many quests, I'll be honest. And, and the quest can't be, like, go with the hobbits to the green dragon before they go on to the prancing pony, right? Like, I just I have to go no, with them. No, like, your quest would be go with the hobbits yeah. to Mordor. Yeah. Or oh, no, no, no. go with the dwarves to the Lonely Mountain. Oh, that sounds terrible, too. Or um, go, with, um, go with the kids from Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. to try to get to Aslan. Okay, see. Or... Yeah. That one sounds less dangerous. Uh, and and it doesn't just have to be fantasy. Yeah. Like, it can be go with... Uh, it can be go on Voyager mm. to try to get home. Yeah. that That's not going to be bad. Yes, I it would... is. <laughs> no, I'm Stupid totally answer. kidding, yes. I would... Okay. We already talked about that. <laughs> I would actually pick... I would pick that I would go with Luke Skywalker to try to blow up the Death Star in episode four. Now, granted, I would probably die, but not all the pilots did, so I have a fighting chance that I could actually survive that one. Okay. But, you know, I wouldn't survive Sam-wise. I'd probably die of thirst in this stupid Mordor black... Yeah. Okay, yeah, because you got some you got some space battle yeah, stuff. You know, you got some... I've got space experience. Sure. Yeah, no, I don't, but, you know, <laughs> but maybe I could. The Earth is in space. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So. I live in a spherical planet. That's something. <laughs> that's part of the experience. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Like, I, I love horror movies, mm-hmm. and so I keep thinking I would want to go on one of those. Um, like, uh, KR's quest, he said that he would um, go to find Freddy's bones and okay. then actually destroy them so he doesn't keep coming back. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, none of those quests sound fun. <laughs> anything in a horror movie is going to be less likely to survive <clears throat> than anything else. Like, go stay at the summer camp. Jason's not around anymore. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's perfectly safe. Yeah. Go stay at the Bates Motel. That's, That's oh. perfectly fine there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though I've been asking people all weekend, I have no idea what quest I would go on. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me wants to go space with it. Mm-hmm. Because oh, there's space and so many possibilities. Yeah. But then part of me is like, but you know, prancing pony. Yeah. And Mount Doom and all the pretty sights. Yeah. And it's just the book one's great. Yeah. If you want to go on book one quest and then not go to the two tower route. Yeah. I just. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ah. 
I would go on a quest to say words slowly because dead air is bad and this is how I think through a podcast the anticipation is building I would I, I don't know um, we can edit in a response later. No, not editing this in. I am I am sticking with this until I have an answer. Um, this is a hard question. It is. This is a real hard question. It's amazing how quickly some people can come up with answers for such a difficult question. It is much easier for them because they don't think. They don't through. think through all the possibilities. Yeah. I would... You know what? I would go with uh, Ash back into Army of Darkness to find the Book of the Dead to get rid of the Deadites. <laughs> okay. Because you got some time travel. Yeah. Uh, you got like some magic and some witchery. Uh-huh. You got a chainsaw arm. Mm-hmm. You got... Neckties, it's yeah. I'm I'm going Army of Darkness to yes. uh, to find the Book of the Dead. I love how all of that gradually goes down to less interesting. <laughs> so time travel looking great. Chainsaw arm, okay. Neckties, ah, yeah. That make the, th- the third times the 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 <laughs> the one that commits me to this quest. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm gonna go with. Okay, probably not the best one. In fact, I'm sure it's not. It is one of the worst ones, but. Uh, no one else has said anything closer to that. That's so. right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the last question: While you are on that quest, uh-huh. would you rather survive on the side of evil or die on the side of good? So, okay, I, I again need parameters. How evil is surviving on the side of evil? I mean, it, like on my quest specifically, I'm just like in a Tie Fighter shooting down the Republic. Yeah. Well, well the Republic, the even. See, so going with Star Wars, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. You could have just been, like, a janitor on the Death Star mm. that somehow didn't get blown up. I see. So it doesn't even have to mean, like, you've joined the dark side. Mm-hmm. It could just mean, like, eh, yeah. it's a living yeah, for the Empire. Yeah. Who ruthlessly kills people, but... Yeah. You know, there's meh. blissful ignorance in that, too. You might be, like, at the lower level where you don't realize the amount of evil that goes on. You would know that it's not right. Okay. Like, it is It is evil enough yeah. to where... It's evil enough to where you had a choice mm-hmm. of, are you going to join this group, mm-hmm. which is doing this thing, uh-huh. or this group, which is doing this thing. So yes. you had a choice. Yes. And you choose evil... Yes. To live. I see. Yeah, you know, and obviously this is this is fictional, but I, I do believe that I would like my life to result in something for the greater good. So even if I myself am not committing the evil, but I'm clearing the footpath for the stormtroopers or whatever to make sure they get to their TIE fighters and shoot down whatever... I would still rather have at least attempted, even if I'm, you know, in the, I'm not Red Six that, you know, got blown up right next to Luke because I cleared the path for him to go and shoot it. I would rather that short-lived life that propelled the way for something 
than living long and knowing, yeah, I'm kind of helping the wrong side. And yeah, I'm alive, but yeah, I'm always going to think that I'm counter to everything else. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i also going side of good mm. for two main reasons. Okay. One, you got to die eventually. Yeah. So, like, if I survive on the side of evil, I am still eventually going to die. Mm-hmm. So, might as well be on the side of good. Yeah. And secondly, um, I'm very bad at my spells. <laughs> so, I will probably end up dying sooner rather than later anyways. Huh. So, eh, might as well have that be for a good cause. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of people went with survive on the side of evil because mm. hey, survive. Yeah, it was. But again, that's a good point. Odd. You will never, you will never out like cheat death. I mean, I guess unless you find the, you know the sorcerer stone or philosopher stone for those in the UK listening right now. <laughs> yeah, because I have UK listeners. You may one day. <laughs> yes. So that's interesting. I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Of course, I'm the guy who also plays all of the good heroes in video games because I can't stand to just do the evil thing. I'm not going to torture villagers, you know. That's just not what I enjoy when See, I play games. I, I'm much more on the side of chaotic good. Uh-huh. So, I like doing good things, mm-hmm. but, eh, where's the fun if it's lawful good? Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> we will differ there. <laughs> See, I think that lawful good... In terms of, you know, fantasy games, fantasy mm. role-playing, all that other stuff, mm. I kind of feel like lawful good is the most boring. Yeah? Because lawful evil, it's still too strict, mm-hmm. but at least there's the, all right, they're doing something terrible enough mm-hmm. that, like, something good is going to have to come fight them. So you uh-huh. know there's going to be a battle scene. Mm-hmm. Lawful neutral, actually, you know what? Lawful neutral, that is the most boring. Yes. Because not only is it sticking too strictly to rules, but they also can't even decide good or evil. It's just, these are the rules because they're the rules. But it's Mm -hmm. a bad rule, but it's the rule. Mm -hmm. But, God. Yeah. So, lawful neutral, I think, is the most boring. So, you are questionably good? No, no, I'm good. I'm just chaotic good. Mm. So, you know, I, I think of people like Wolverine or Deadpool or... People that they're doing good, but maybe not always. They're not Captain America. Right. Yes. Gotcha. Because we're like Superman. Superman is boring. Yeah. 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 Superman is boring. Captain America. Well, I mean, I guess he's boring too, but I identify more with him than Superman. At least Captain America is like human and can die. Yes. Superman is just like... Just shoot him with a green rock. He'll go. Yeah, but even that, I just... Yeah, I know. Man. That's that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. DC Universe is not my favorite, so... Although, they can be sorted. Apparently, well, at least the villains can. Where would you sort Superman? What house do you think he would go in? Oh. Superman would have to be Hufflepuff. I mean, loyal, good, true abiding, you know, law-abiding, trying to do the right thing, not going out of the way to do the right thing in the wrong way. Like, sure, he's brave, but I feel like he would do the right thing over and maintain that. As opposed to somebody like Wolverine, who would be much more along the lines of Gryffindor or Slytherin, I would think. I would put Wolverine in Slytherin. Yeah? Yeah, because he is is definitely good, but... 
you know, his famous line, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do isn't very good. Mm. So, like, he's yeah. doing good. Well, that sentence isn't meant to make it sound like he's doing good, but he's doing good. Mm-hmm. He just does good in a very... Not exactly a brave way. Sometimes much more just... But it's not really cunning either. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he kind of does his own thing, which is kind of the Slytherin mentality, I think. It's not that they do their own thing, but they are willing to achieve the result they want. And they're not really concerned about the path and how they get there. Yeah. You know, but that's also so much like what Gryffindor does, except Gryffindor, I feel like, is going to still side on, on the side of we can't cross a certain line. I feel like the Slytherin will cross whatever line they need to to get the end result they want. See, I think that Slytherin has a bad rap. Because yeah. I feel like too many people are like, oh, Slytherin, they're evil. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the second time that I took the Pottermore quiz, I was sorted in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But I've been sorted into all four houses. Yes. <laughs> which which I think is very Slytherin-y, Slytherin-y uh, of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I think that Slytherin gets a bad rap because people are too like, oh, well, they're evil because snakes. Meh. Mm. It just so happens that a lot of evil people have been Slytherin. And well, we're just no, kind of terrible and evil people. Yeah, no wizard that has ever... <clears throat> the only evil wizards that have ever come have come through Slytherin. That does not mean that every Slytherin wizard is evil. Right. But there's been no other evil wizard out of the other three houses. <sighs> and, mm, none that we know of. Well, that's true. So... Cause, well, so I feel like I feel like with Gryffindor, because, mm-hmm. yeah, they are very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Gryffindor, like, all the things that Harry and Hermione and Ron did throughout the entire series were like, oh, you're going against what a good Gryffindor does. Mm-hmm. So were they then actually Gryffindor? Just in terms of... Yeah. Like... They had all those good intentions, and they had, uh, you know, they did what they needed to do, but was that Gryffindory of them? Like, was breaking the rules, was using time turners to be in two places at once, mm-hmm. and breaking um, known prisoners of Azkaban, trying to get them to serve? Like, they did a lot of things yeah. that were like, you know what, that's... yeah. From an outsider's perspective, who does not understand what it is that they were doing and why they were doing it, was it very Gryffindory of them? Yeah. Whereas Slytherin, it would have fit right in. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that they were also evil people in Slytherin. So, yeah, yeah. It, like you see yeah, where I'm going I, with this. I see where you're going with that. I, I think that obviously it's kind of a tar- uh, tough spot for J.K. Rowling anyway because oh, she sure. can't say every. Every Slytherin is evil, but at certain points, that is the main, you know, antagonist is that house. So obviously you have to, I don't know, it's interesting to think about how they would be. And I agree with you, the the, the Potter trio definitely did a lot of questionable things. Stuff that I personally, as a Hufflepuff, would not have been comfortable with. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So. Right. Well, and if Slytherin was just straight up evil... Why would you even have a Slytherin house where you're trying to teach them to be more powerful wizards? Yes. Like, if it was just, if you're sorted into Slytherin, you're evil, Hmm. then just, okay, you're not accepted if you're sorted into Slytherin. Yes. Because you're evil. Mm -hmm. So, no. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it just seems like that... And of course, we're talking about a fictional universe. Yes. Of course, she needed to have the, well, they're all part of the good, but of course, there are these ones that are, you know, Mm -hmm. not so... 
So obviously all of those um, just plot devices and writing mechanics that she needed. But yeah, like if Slytherins were just inherently bad, mm-hmm. why accept them into Hogwarts? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that they have the most propensity to, because they are ambitious and at their core, they have the most propensity to let that ambition become an addiction for them. And that, at that point, it can cloud their judgment. Well, but isn't that what Harry did the entire series? Like, well, how many times, even though he wasn't all Draco with it, mm-hmm. and all like, Meh, I'm a Malfoy, I'm uh-huh. Malfoy, yeah. Uh huh. Draco was a twerp. Yeah. Even though he wasn't all Draco about things, how many times did Harry do what he wanted to? Because whether he admitted it or not, mm-hmm. he was the chosen one and can kind of do what he wanted. Yes, yes, but there's a difference between doing something because you personally want to achieve this thing or doing something because you personally feel like the outcome is going to be important. Like a lot of his rule breaking invisibility cloaks, well, I shouldn't, I mean, a lot of it, yes. There were definitely, obviously, he put on the invisibility cloak and went to Hogsmeade. You know, that was definitely a selfish thing. But that was not to further his own thing. That was he, because he. He used magic outside of Hogwarts yes. under the age of 18 yes. because someone was using an insult. Yeah. He let a snake out of its cage because someone was saying words at him. Yeah, he did a lot of very Slytherin-y things. And people can say, well, it's because he had Voldemort imprinted on him. And mm-hmm. he was... Yeah. But... Yeah. Which, again, pulling it back to Wolverine, which is why I think it's hard to tell what he would actually be. Because there's bravery and there's ambition, and that's a very gray line. And obviously, the Sorting Hat would say... You are you sure you don't want to be in Slytherin because you'll grow to be a very powerful wizard? Blah 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 blah. So there's a lot, there's a lot of very fine line distinctions, which I think is why the story works so well because at any moment in time you see a lot of crossover in that. The Hufflepuff is very much not anywhere near <laughs> oh, Gryffindor I, or Slytherin. I still go back to that main point of all of the things that they did mm. that Harry and Hermione and Ron were going against what a, quote, good Gryffindor would do. Yeah. Is there such thing as a good Gryffindor? Because, like, Gryffindor aren't known for their law-abiding. They are known for courage in the face of, you know, it doesn't matter. So, again, there's a difference between fighting for an end goal that you believe in versus fighting for something that's going to personally benefit you, which I think is the big line between Slytherin and, and Gryffindor at its core. Well... And we're so far off topic, and we should probably just do a completely separate podcast on uh, whether or not. Actually, that was one of the um, it was one of the panels. Is did the Sorting Hat get it right? Yeah, we weren't there, so I have no idea how much of what we're saying was uh, actually part of what they were talking about. But what's the difference between courage and cunning? Mm -hmm. Courage is essentially brawn. Cunning is brain. Mm -hmm. So even with that, like. Courage, yeah, could be standing up for what you think is right, or it's, psh, I can take it. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. cunning is, you can still be very, very cunning to do what is right, mm-hmm. but you're kind of, here's what it is. Uh, so you have an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Courage is standing up to the obstacle. Mm-hmm. 
cunning is how do I work my way around this obstacle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just because you're trying to outwit an obstacle doesn't mean that you're evil. No. And what's the reason for trying to outwit the obstacle? That's the, the problem. What's the reason for standing up face to face to the obstacle? Yeah. Well, like, all it is the exact yes. same thing, but just how? Yes. And all of this goes back to why are they doing it? And I think the motivation for why you do something is the differential. Right. Which is why not every Slytherin is evil. True. Which is why I'm totally okay with being sorted into Slytherin. Which is why I never want to go near Gryffindor or Slytherin. <laughs> I'm not okay with this gray line. Just paint my line yellow and I'll be happy. Yeah, my line has all four of the colors. So he's, I, yeah, a glob. I, I know that it is cheating, but I took the Pottermore quiz four different times mm-hmm. And got all four of the houses. Yes. Like, Tell I them what your first house was. Because my first I think house that's valid. was Hufflepuff. Uh-huh. My second house was Slytherin. Mm-hmm. My third house was Gryffindor. Yes. Which, I mean, that might be telling. The yeah. fact that Slytherin and Gryffindor, like, those were mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, and then the last house was uh, Ravenclaw. Yes. I, I feel like Gryffindor should have been my last house. Yeah. Like, if it had been Hufflepuff, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, mm. I think that would have been accurate. Yeah. But I don't want to take it a fifth time, because mm-hmm. I don't want to know what my quote-unquote real house is. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I fit into all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also telling, too, that you took it twice on the first Pottermore, and you took it two times when Pottermore got redesigned. I took it originally and was Gryffindor. I took it twice because there was a glitch in one of the answers, and I thought maybe that skewed the answer. Gryffindor twice. Stuck with that for a long time. Never quite felt right about it, but I dealt with it. When they redid everything and said you have to recreate your character or keep everything, I was like, okay, I'll just redo the quiz. Hufflepuff, 100%. Like, I have little doubt about that. I've taken a Myers-Briggs course to sort of mean <laughs> Hufflepuff. I've taken an unofficial where they compile all of the Harry Potter, Pottermores, and where that would sort you. Hufflepuff again. I feel like that is appropriate. Simmons, I'm not so sure about where he really belongs. If we were going by the first resorting after the thing, then technically you would be Gryffindor. Ah, but that doesn't feel... I don't feel very Gryffindory. Yeah? It just... I don't know. Yeah. A... That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to agree with it. The sorting hat could make mistakes. It, it can. Yes. And I'm happy with the globulous. Yes. I am all of them. Yes. So we have the glob and the yellow, and we are happy, <laughs> both with the, each of our individual choices. Uh, and this is part of why Harry Potter is so much fun. This is part of why Conjuration is so much fun. This nerdy conversation that we've been having for the last, we've probably been talking close to an hour, mm-hmm. uh, not counting all the other interviews that we did at the con, but we've been talking Harry Potter and nerdery and Conjuration for probably close to an hour. Which is only like a small little snippet of what Conjuration is like. They're much more interesting than we are, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> there are people that actually like know the stuff in depth and can do stuff like sort DC villains and yes. can talk about whether or not the Sorting Hat got it right. And so, yeah, in case we haven't made it abundantly clear, go to Conjuration next yeah. year and every year after it because it's a lot of fun. New location next year. You'll be just as surprised as we are as what pops up and where. And you, you can find us because we'll be walking around and being like, hey, we're people who do a thing. That's right. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> 
Uh, Adam, any final words on, on Conjuration or Harry Potter or fantasy or magic or your eight-foot globulous chicken? No final words, but if you see a translucent chicken, I guarantee you're going to want to run because that sticky, <laughs> sticky venom is going to get you every time. Ew. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> that has been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. Uh, follow me on Facebook uh, at the Gargoyle, on Instagram at the Gargoyle, on Twitter at Gargoyle Reviews. Um, I've, I've been doing horror movie reviews for the last two months. Um, I actually need to watch a horror movie tonight because I, I've not missed a single day since September 1, so I've got to get that going. Um, this is how obsessions are made, everyone. <clears throat> yep. I have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, no horror movie reviews. Um, we go to cons. I just pretty much if it is geek themed at all, then then I do it. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can find all the stuff that I do at gargalreviews.blogspot.com. Uh, you can do a search for the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. And again, all the, all this stuff is linked at gargoylereviews.com. <clears throat> Sorry, gargoylereviews.blogspot.com. Uh, or follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I use those two primarily of all the things. Um, but yeah, until next time, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. Uh, I'm Nathan. I'm Adam. And you can always find us where geekery about. about.